Welcome to and Almost Starring, the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And you know we love her on this podcast. Welcome back, Gina Davis. We're looking at Thelma and Louise. For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. Amy Jo, how are you doing today? You know, we're recording this the day after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and I am thankful for this Gina Davis <laughs> palooza. It really was fitting to watch this film on Thanksgiving. Yes. We were really just thankful we're for We're thankful for Gina, Gina. Davis. For t- <laughs> oh, I love it. Thelma and Louise is an adventure crime drama that came out on May 24th, 1991, and was directed by Ridley Scott and written by Callie Corey. Amy Jo, what's your experience with Thelma and Louise? I had never seen it i mean it in 91 i was like seven or eight you know so i was not seeing this you were trying to drag your mom to it's like i want to see thelma and louise i want to see thelma and louise and louise i wouldn't put it past me but no i was seeing the little mermaid in theaters i guess that makes a little more sense yeah i was hiding my eyes when you know ursula turned into vanessa it was so scary Mm -hmm. you know i wasn't seeing (laughs) Thelma and Louise. Gritty and d- divine Thelma and Louise. So I watched it for the first time yesterday. And Jeff, I loved it. Oh, I'm so glad I you mean, did. I mean, I kept telling you that you as we were it. watching. I was like, right. I love this. I love this so much. My life is so enhanced. I always kind of meant to watch it and just right. never did. Now, what exactly did you think the movie was about? Because you knew... As I feel like many people do, I feel like there's one of those films, a small list of films where it's like you. a lot of people, if you know nothing about it, you know the one thing, which is the ending. Yes, like, I feel like exactly. if you know nothing about whatever, Citizen Kane, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, the sled at the end, Rosebud yeah, the yeah. sled or like whatever. Soylent Green, like Soylent Green is people. It's, it's a very, yeah, exactly. Uh, Planet of the Apes. Like, oh, it's a Statue of Liberty at the end. Is let off by the kindness of the strangers. The kindness of strangers. And with this, it's that t-bird going that convertible going off a cliff yes uh and that's what everyone knows so you knew that much yes when, when we sat down to watch this movie what did it i i believe i wrote down what i actually said you were like asking like what do you know about this movie and i said i know they drive off a cliff mm-hmm. at the and, end and, and you know, i asked you now why do you think you said no context as to why and i went i don't know friendship <laughs> Which is not inaccurate. Not not incorrect. Uh, Uh, But what there comes a point in the film, like, and immediately after this happened, I went, oh, I see. (laughs) I understood how we reached that point (laughs) with instant clarity. I just can't find any other way to show you you're my best friend, except for driving off of this cliff into the Grand Canyon. I was kind of (laughs) like, screw the man. Screw the man. We could drive into the Grand Canyon if we want. You you can't tell us where we can drive. It was the Grand Canyon. Oh, sure. Um, And uh, 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 there's a lot. To get into, but like if they just driven through Texas, there ain't no Grand Canyon in There's Texas. There's not a Grand you know? Canyon in Texas. There's that is not. correct. Yeah, and I'd only seen this film once forever ago. Like I was maybe, maybe like 15, 14 about wow. where I saw it. I was like younger. Was, yeah, and that was where I was just like, this is supposed to be a classic film, a highly regarded film. I'm watching it, and I enjoyed it a lot. But I just have never seen it again mm-hmm. it's always one where it's like it's not even that long but it's like two hours and ten minutes so it always feels like oh, okay i'm sitting down for a longer film it's also it's not 
it's funny, but it's not a comedy in any way. There's a lot right. of dark stuff that they're dealing with. So it's not something like throw on in the background while you're cooking. I mean, I'm sure some people do. I have some weird stuff that I'll throw well, in on the sure. background. Although it does, even though it's not a comedy, it is a crowd pleasing film oh, in many, great. many ways. You there, know? Was, there was one moment when we were watching it, something happened. I just turned to you. I was like, yeah, that's applause in the theater right there. Oh, you know? exactly. Like there's a lot Absolutely. of that kind of yeah. vibe. Um, yeah. Everything to do with Christopher McDonald as Gina Davis's husband. Anytime yes. that he just gets made to look like a fool, you could just hear the audience being like, yeah, yeah tell him. It's like, uh, that's just <laughs> like when, you know, the Urukai's head gets chopped off by Aragorn and the score stops and, and there's just nothing but breathing and the audience erupts into applause. It's exactly Yes, everyone like in 1991 at Thelma and Louise were, that's what they were comparing it to, was the <laughs> chopping off the Urukai's head in a movie that would come out exactly 10 years exactly, later. Exactly, you get it. <laughs> or they were talking about that Ralph Bakshi uh, animated Lord of the Rings from, yes. the, from the 70s. Or is that The Hobbit? I honestly don't remember. Or I think he did, maybe, I think I think he did, did both, both, maybe? Um, regardless, uh, spoilers ahead if you have not seen Thelma and Louise or haven't seen it in a while here's a brief-ish synopsis best friends Thelma Dickinson and Louise Sawyer set out for a weekend vacation at a fishing cabin in the mountains to take a break from their dreary lives in Arkansas Thelma a housewife is married to the controlling Daryl while sharp-tongued Louise works as a waitress in a diner and is on-off dating a musician Jimmy who spends most of his time on the road on the way, they stop for a drink at a roadside bar where Thelma meets and dances with a flirtatious stranger, Harlan. Later in the parking lot, he starts kissing her, and when Thelma resists, Harlan attempts to rape her. Louise finds them and threatens to shoot Harlan, making him stop, but as the women walk away, he yells that he should have gone ahead and raped Thelma anyway. In a fit of rage, Louise shoots Harlan in the chest, killing him instantly. Okay. Which so is where you chimed in and be like, ah. That's where I said- I see. I see. I this see. Is, <laughs> I can see how this could potentially lead now to driving a car off a cliff. As opposed to like- We've done everything right. we need to do <laughs> in this life. Yeah, Thumb, Thumb and Louise is just about these two best friends. They've got a big bucket list of things we've never done. I really thought we've it never was more seen like the that. Grand Canyon super up close. <laughs> Let's <laughs> literally hit it. Um, yeah, this was. I mean, it it took a a turn, like not oh yeah, not like super fast. It's like it was all in there, you know, in the way that the waitress is even like, oh, well, these are from Harlan, you know, yeah, just, just like, like, are you bothering these women, Harlan? Yeah. It's like you're getting. Yeah, I mean, right from the start of Gina Davis deciding to take a gun with her. Oh, the her. way that she picks it up oh, yeah. and drops it into the little Ziploc bag is so good. I mean, and it's not until like an hour later that the husband's like, she never would, never touched that gun, you know, yeah. but like it's just like so quickly done. Oh, there's so much great prop work oh my in God. this film. Like one of, the, one of the first times we see her, if not the first time, Gina Davis talking about as Thelma is when she's on the phone, I think with Louise, and she's got like a candy bar that she keeps taking a bite out of and then putting it back in the freezer to be like, okay, I'm not going to eat any more candy bar. And she she keeps then coming back, reopening the freezer, taking another bite, putting it back in the freezer to shut it until at the end of the scene, she takes the candy bar and then walks off with it. But it was like such a great, like small little thing. I couldn't take my eyes off it. I was like, this is what a great choice. It's incredible. And there's so in the scene that we we were just talking that like you were were up to, Susan Sarandon like turns back around when when he's like taunting yelling after them mm-hmm. when harlan is, is done. and her eyes blaze Ooh. with this watery intense fury yeah and it was so well it's even before he's taunting them like she turns, she's like when a woman is crying like that yeah she ain't having fun and right it's yeah just he's, like, because he says like the, oh we're just having some fun to the depth of her guts yeah. like it's just so i was like oh this is what this movie is about <laughs> Just so tremendously done. And yeah. then 
have you said what <laughs> what she does? Did you say that she shoots him? Yeah, yeah, I right. just said I that she yeah. remember. kills him, shooting with the chest, and killing kills him instantly. So when when they're like walking off, you know, they're wa- oh, like running back to the car and like mm-hmm. leaving, and Gina Davis is like, we should go to the police, and and Louise Susan Sarandon says like, you were dancing cheek to cheek with him all night, right? No one, no one would believe would you, and then she has you. the line, "That's not the world we live in." Mm. Is that? That's yeah. That's not the world we live in. Uh, that that line to me just felt so devastating and and fantastic because it's still in many ways not the world that Absolutely, we live in. Absolutely, I know. But also, it was like that that let me know this movie was written by a woman. You yeah. know, like someone who who understands the experience from the inside Absolutely. in in yeah. a way that is not like. I don't know. There's so many things where people are really trying hard and this just oh, felt sure. so everything about it. Like even just like I don't know if it was in the in the screen directions that Gina Davis is like putting the the thing oh, this back candy bar. Yeah, it very out. well could you be. You don't know, but it's, it feels play. like all these yeah. kinds of things that feel very occupied from the inside. Absolutely. Even if like Gina Davis packs like two giant suitcases for two days in the mountains she's like i'm bringing everything you know and which it is looks great like, when the, like the fbi and the cops are like okay well it looked like she planned to run away because she brought like half of her it's like, wardrobe no, that's just I, I said when that when early on i was like well she's a little worse than my mom because my mom does she she has to have all the shoe options because then what you if she guessed know. wrong you never you, you don't want to guess wrong about your you shoes. sure don't you're then you're gonna be uncomfortable you chose poorly you chose poorly <laughs> Um, Why did I only bring flip flops? <laughs> Dang it! Dang it! Why did I only bring snow boots in Arkansas? What was I thinking? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so a horrified Thelma ushers Louise to the car, and the pair flee the scene. And yes, as you you've said, Thelma wants to go to the police. Louise fears that no one will believe them, uh, so they decide to go on the run to Mexico, but not going through Texas. Very purposefully, Louise is like, "I ain't going through Texas." It was so great. Gina Davis is just being like, "What." You want, we're in Oklahoma. You want to go to Mexico from Oklahoma and, and not go through Texas? The only thing between Oklahoma and Mexico is, is Texas. Texas. <laughs> I'm not going through the I'm not going through the And that's the, that's the end of the, that's oh the end gosh, of the subject. so good. I was like, yeah. I mean, their chemistry together is They're just phenomenal. like incredible. It's just through the roof. Yeah. Uh, it's so, so good. Uh, so they decided to go on the run. Heading west, the women come across an attractive young drifter, JD, who Thelma quickly falls for. And Thelma convinces Louise to let him hitch a ride with them. Uh, and this is the point, because this is, of course, a b- 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 baby Brad Pitt. Baby Brad. Uh, where there's a moment where I, it, you hear, I think it's Gina Davis, maybe it was Susan Sarandon, um, in the in the car by, by themselves having a private moment. And you see, like, there's harmonicas on the soundtrack. Oh and then you see, clearly, Brad Pitt, like, out of focus, like, saddle up in, in, in the, the back. background. Yeah. And it looks like, uh, he's smoking, we realize, but it looks like he's then playing the harmonica. And I was like, oh, it's diegetic. And I was like, oh, wait, no, it's not. Wait, oh, what am I looking at? Because it looks like he's playing. The, so hard. It looks like Brad Pitt's just casually playing the harmonica <laughs> on the soundtrack of the film he is in. I was like, what a meta moment. Interesting. Oh, Interesting. So funny. <laughs> That's uh, the same truck stop where there's the giant biceps guy just like right. crushing well, iron. Yes, because we rented this on Amazon. Uh, if you know, if you listener if you watch anything off prime you can have like if you pause it it'll show like all the actors in a given scene um but we didn't realize it also will say sometimes like whatever song or i guess sound main theme from the soundtrack because there's like a scene they're, they're like a gas station and there's like we had paused it and i was like oh gina davis susan sarandon brad pitt 
Thunderbird. And there's a giant, this is a giant like, guy looks like a, curling a, weights. Arnold wrestler type. Exactly. You know? And I was like, oh, is this some wrestler named Thunderbird? Uh, that Plank, I was like, But then he added like a two name, like character name. We're like, does this random wrestler come back or did they just name this extra? Right. Well, it wasn't, yeah, the character, well, the character name was the, I have, I'm now blanking, was but was composer, whoever, yeah. whoever arranged Hans Zimmer's score right. into the theme Thunderbird, because that's the car they drive, which I wasn't thinking of, you know, T-Bird, Thunderbird, because I don't know things like what that um, but i was just here. like who is this big old meathead in the background it, it's gonna just start being like hello there thelma and louise i am here to uh i'm let a- me help you into <laughs> your newest hotel room i am a volunteer deputy i'm taking you in me uh, and my tiny short <laughs> me, me shorts tiny short shorts oh i did not dress for this oh wait i did dress to run though in these tiny short shorts uh yeah we're like who is thunderbird who is this thunderbird, thunderbird! um louise contacts uh, her boyfriend jimmy and asks him to wire transfer her life savings to her jimmy surprises her by delivering the money in person and the two spend the night together jimmy proposes to louise but she refuses he proposes by handing her the ring after box. like smashing some shit refusing to let her leave and then he's like i uh, guess i got this uh got well, this thing in my pocket if you want you want this thing this thing i got she's like what is Whatever, it I don't know, it's and a, then he it's hands ring, it over man. she looks at him like you absolute idiot. dick. You idiot. Apparently, I'll, I'll say this. A lot of uh, little moments in this film were Susan Sarandon's idea. Ridley Scott, super open to her stuff. Apparently, this scene was supposed to be, they were supposed to, like, make love and then have, like, a mock wedding ceremony, the two of them in this hotel room. And Susan Sarandon was like, no. Louise, the last thing Louise wants to do at this part is to have sex. So she's like, I'll, I'll do that scene, but then we need to have a scene where she wigs out afterward in response to ha- doing that because that's not where her headspace is. It's also, it ends up being such a great contrast to what's happening in the other room. Right, where? Which we'll get to, but like the kind of like this childlike, like Gina Davis. Yeah, this like very. Like, <laughs> n- just like not rooted in just living it not a fantasy but like she very... said you know you said she says like louise you said we were gonna t- put, get her put her hair down on this trip well, like i'm, I'm, letting, and I'm my letting my hair, hair down. down but it's just so like such a reflection of the way her husband's kept her infantilized like she has yeah. the line when she's talking like you're my husband not my father you know yeah. just like this childlike thing as opposed to like then when it'll cut back it was very theatrical, these scenes, like these long... This was a, cause this is a long sequence, because this is really yeah. mainly what we mainly get from both Brad Pitt and Michael Madsen yeah. as uh, Jimmy. Yeah. Because uh, Michael Madsen, he's got like one phone conversation with Susan Sarandon beforehand, and then he's like picked up, he's chatting with Harvey Keitel, chatting with the cops. Yeah. But like, that's really mainly, it's mainly this scene. So it felt very, very staged, like because yeah. it's two longer scenes with these two. Just going back and forth between them. Like you could very easily yeah. see this on stage. Oh, as yeah. As opposed to everything yeah. else, which is like outside right, exactly. and in a car yeah yeah but um, a little harder on yeah stage, but yeah. that just the like realities of this like adult relationship that is like had ups and downs and like a, a woman who's been through the ringer it it right. contrasted so nicely in a way that now hearing this i'm like no a mock wedding a little Ugh. tony and maria in the dress shop is not the moment we need yeah i already this scene was i, I mean michael Matson. i'm also just he's such a to me is such a limited range i was surprised i didn't realize that this was the year before reservoir dogs i thought that was his first big thing because mm. he'd been like acting like i think like 83 is when he first is like first film credit and he's got some credits but nothing as big as like thelma and louise this is really so it's really mm-hmm. it's like like oh this is also like kind of an unknown ish actor compared to like you know sharing screen time with susan sarandon, sarandon yeah. in 1991 and gina davis um, i know yeah. so i found that interesting i mean i definitely would not would work even worse if it was a mock wedding ceremony but like yeah. as it was i and i kind of lay that we'll get to him when we talk about michael madsen but i kind of lay that with him like i just don't 
I don't, I'm so much more interested when then we cut to Gina Davis and Brad Pitt and Brad yeah. Pitt's, t- I mean, a 1991 Brad Pitt talking about how he is robs liquor oh my stores gosh, with the, with, with the a hair, hair dryer, dryer as a gun. It's so good. Well, you need JD to be super dynamic or yeah. it doesn't oh, absolutely. work. So it's very helpful to have a young, like, just like, <laughs> just all effervescence, you know. Just a statuesque. Yeah. To contrast with Jimmy, you know. To, yeah. To contrast with Jimmy, who his diet consists of three packs of cigarettes for breakfast. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it is interesting. I do wonder if with a different actor, you would have a, a different vibe but you also no. get why louise is like yeah i love this guy and i don't want to it's just, what a drag yeah this like it's such an interesting because you only get like little bits of it this re- in, this relationship just this like re- because you know whatever we'll get into we'll get into the, the casting options of in terms of like the age but i because you have susan sarandon who's 10 years older than gina davis and she was like what like 45 or something um, something like that 44? but and but a, she and susan sarandon is 11 years older than michael madsen so having this like young it it, mm-hmm. it colors it in a certain way where for me it's like okay this woman who as we learned a little bit more about her past like okay maybe does she not want to be involved that in a particular way clear. so having a like a guy a musician who's on the road constantly and is a decade younger is like well he's not going to want to commit right opposed to having someone older or like i, I don't know it, it's it's yeah. interesting the way but also you can easily have thelma louise be the same age and louise still be someone that's like oh i know a little bit more about life than or you do thelma. a lot more yeah a lot more yeah when, when she got married at 18 right uh, yeah louise, thelma does like married thelma, at 18 yeah, Gina Davis, yeah. when she's been dating him dated for him four for, years yeah, four years that. Got, like, yeah only Never. only man she's ever known yeah yeah so like you it does yeah color the Definitely. the life experience too yeah. uh so thelma and jd sleep together and she learns that he's a thief who has broken parole the following morning thelma and louise discover that jd has stolen all of their money and fled louise is distraught so a guilty thelma takes charge and later robs a nearby convenience store using tactics she learned from listening to jd it's so good it's, it's so funny so i love the way they just cut to her just running out like start the car start the car and it's like what did you do and then you see all the cops Watching hearing which especially footage. as they're just like oh yeah this is a woman who would never touch a gun like the waitress at the original roadhouse bar is like oh yeah those two couldn't have killed harlan they're those weren't the, the murder and type. murdering types uh and then to like not knowing that she's just repeating verbatim, verbatim. what this you know charismatic robber said but she does it so well it's so yeah, funny right who's gonna win the prize for keeping the cool it's like if you want to, yeah, whatever, yeah. Just keep so, your cool, keep your head. And now you got a story, and you'll have a story to tell people someday. Uh, meanwhile, the FBI closes in on the fugitives after witnesses at the bar identify Louise's 1966 Ford Thunderbird convertible. Arkansas State Police Investigator Hal Slocum, leading the investigation, questions both JD, who was caught, and Jimmy, and taps into the phone line at Daryl's house. During a couple of brief phone conversations with Louise, Hal expresses his sympathy, but is unsuccessful in persuading her to surrender. Thelma tells Louise she understands if she wants to go back home, knowing she has Jimmy waiting for her, but explains that she cannot go back to Daryl. Louise promises they will keep going together. Later, they are pulled over by a New Mexico state trooper for speeding. Knowing he will soon discover their true identity, Thelma holds him at gunpoint and locks him in the trunk of his police car, which was that guy's, uh, it didn't say in the script that he was supposed to cry, but this guy just starts, like, weeping, which he did because he thought he was like, well, it'll definitely be more memorable than just, like, you know, coldly being like, oh, dang it, now I'm going to go in my trunk. Exactly. He's just crying, and he's just like, I have kids. Um, But I love whatever that line is that 
was it Gina Davis had because she's got the gun on him where it's um you know will you be nice will you be nice to him and and your wife too my husband wasn't nice to me and look how I turned out it was so like <laughs> it's, it's like perfect all of these even though this feels like this is when the tension should be really uh constricting this is when it felt like the movie got very vignette but i kind of loved it no it's great it feels it like they're so also cra- this this is all the crowd pleasing moments yes. of the film to me it's like that i feel like you're like yeah that's a cheer line but it's also because they are it's not that they're not becoming more desperate it's that they're running out of options so they're becoming more reckless which is in the freedom of that yeah we get to like luxuriate in that with him like all right yeah. this can't last and this is closing in but let's just like keep going you An- know? another of susan sarandon's suggestions the scene where she takes all of her rings and jewelry oh, she's been wearing so and, and just trades them for this guy's gas. hat well and gas i thought she was getting gas it might be for the gas but it was, ma- it was yeah well then she's to, like then she, i stole she, it yeah right but is to implied at least uh looking up online that she traded but regardless that was that was her idea then this moment where like she stops the car and it's just so she can have a moment alone like with the stars and thelma's mm-hmm. like are you okay it's like yeah let's let's go um we're all like susan sarandon's ideas and i think it adds so much there's so much of that great like yeah. the little nitty-gritty character building texture and in the that's film. also like the kind of stuff really maximizing the medium of film being like yeah. she can do like a quickie little shot with just this old man like this great character actor oh, yeah. face <laughs> No words. She just takes my like you. We understand everything that's happening. Not that you can't do that in the theater. You do that in the, all the time. But like being able to really maximize. Like okay, I can do like we can do a very short scene that's like on the page, like half a page long in, right. in descriptions. But it will deepen everything so quickly. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Apparently, Susan Sarandon will wear a different kind of scent or perfume for each role she plays i love that i thought it was so great you know it's just like one extra thing that's just gonna help her act less yeah. you know because yeah, it's definitely. just gonna inform her i thought that was so cool uh driving further west they encounter a foul-mouthed truck driver who repeatedly makes obscene gestures at them they pull over demand an apology from him and when he refuses they fire at his fuel tanker causing it to explode also I can just the hoots and hollers in the theaters. Yeah, yeah. And the women leave him stranded in the desert with the tanker's wreckage. And I forget if it was here before that uh, we learn, which I love that Susan Sarandon doesn't have a big monologue about what happened to her in Texas. Like, you know you that know. you get that, like, she was clearly raped at some point when she was in Texas. That's why she does not want to go back there. Like, Harvey Keitel and Gina Davis kind of insinuate at it. Yeah. And Gina Davis is like, is, is what happened to me, what almost happened to me, what happened to you in Texas? She's like, I'm not going to talk about it. All right. Well, what's great is that she it's layered in in such a savvy way that you don't necessarily realize exactly what information you're receiving until it all. Yeah. You put it all together. Like when she go when they go into that honky tonk bar where they meet Harlan. Yeah. She's like, I haven't been in a place like this since I left Texas. Mm. So you just know, oh, she was in Texas. She's from Texas. Like you don't. You don't store that as important information. It just seems like scene building and like light character yeah. background. And then when she shoots Harlan, the way that she responds to him and the way that she oh. shoots him is like, oh, oh, some stuff happened to you. And then she's like, I'm not going through Texas. And it's yeah. like, okay, I know everything I need to know based on everything yeah. we've seen. It's just so economical. It's really uh, astounding from yeah. a writing standpoint to be like, wow. When you have a really strong actor and you trust them to do their job, you don't have to have a big dramatic monologue. Yeah, that's very true. And that's a good enough time as any to say this movie did win the Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. It's a good one. Uh, Well, yeah, it really is. But there's also, this is the year of Silence of the Lambs, which swept everything else, which is also, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Was that adapted? That was adapted from the book. 
No, but I say Sounds of the Lambs. Yes. Yeah. Did they still have two? Did they have two categories yet at this point? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yes, yes, yes. So this one best original screenplay and Silence of the Lambs one best adapted screenplay. Oh, I see. I thought you were saying this beat Silence of the Lambs, and I was like, no, 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 it doesn't make sense. No, Silence when those big five: the best screenplay, director, actor, actress, and best picture. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, this wasn't even nominated for best picture, which did surprise me because it got nominated for so many other things. But it's also because I forget offhand, it was um, I think it was Silence of the Lambs, JFK, Bugsy. Prince of Tides and Beauty of the Beast up for Best Picture. Wow. There's Eclectic. a few of those that Eclectic. no one watches anymore. Yeah. I feel like over Bugsy, we could have had Thelma I and Louise. I think so. It's always just well. interesting to see yeah. what, like. Although I've never seen Bugsy, so for all I know, I it's haven't either. Incredible. But people, I don't know. Although, because I think I said in a previous. I forget. I don't listen. I don't remember which episode, but I said previously somewhere that Harvey Keitel, I don't I didn't think had been nominated for an Oscar. Apparently he was nominated for Bugsy. Him and Ben Kingsley were both nominated Mm -hmm. together for supporting. Uh, So in this in the same year. So this is a good year for Harvey Keitel. What was the other other one you mentioned that seemed like Prince of Tides? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Prince of Tides, JFK. JFK also. Beauty and the Beast. It's a weird year. It's a weird, very strange. Well, the Oscar loves their prestige films. And, you know, I wonder if like a film about two women from Arkansas, like if it's like oh it's just it's good but it's not good enough you know yeah or they were just really i i wonder i wonder was like what was like the number five slot i feel like beating the beast just because that's like the only that was the first animated film to be nominated for best it's picture an excellent oh film. it sure is and but still you know it's still gonna break precedent uh which is still yeah. surprising to be like oh you, you there's so many things like that where you're like oh well of course you know if Andy Circus had been nominated for playing Gollum, it wouldn't have been insane. But it's also like, but this has never been done totally. to nominate someone that's you're sure. only hearing their voice, you know, or whatever. Robin Williams in Aladdin, someone who, a voiceover performance getting a Oscar nomination. It yeah. wouldn't be shocking, but it would be still be shocking in the sense that it's never be, happened. Before. Never happened before. Exactly. Mm. Uh, and finally, Thelma and Louise are cornered by the authorities only 100 yards from the edge of the Grand Canyon. Hal arrives on the scene, but he is refused the last chance to talk the women into surrendering. Rather than be captured and spend the rest of their lives in jail or die by execution, Thelma proposes that they keep going. Louise asks Thelma if she is certain, and Thelma says yes. They kiss and then hold hands. Louise steps on the gas, and as Hal runs after them, they accelerate over the cliff. And freeze frame. So good. There's an alternate ending where instead you see the camera just follows the car, just going all the way down, like a Looney Tunes. Wow. Yeah, which thankfully they do what they did and just end it with this like yeah. triumphant of like mid flight uh it's really yeah. what an incredible ending Ugh. and it feels like it just happened so quick because i was like oh yeah harvey Keitel does not have like he's not on the bullhorn with like one final like no. please we can work this out it's like nope they are they gun it and, and go and the movie's suddenly over but it's also that it's pitched triumphantly yeah which is what's shocking it's not pitches like oh this tragedy of these this two women were forced to do this you really see them just feeling like this is the most alive we're ever gonna, we're gonna be take ownership over our lives yeah in the way that we're going to end them it's really wild yeah. yeah that sense of triumph i feel like i i knew that going into the film like i think that was my understanding yeah and maybe that's why i thought it was like for friendship or something because it felt like <laughs> something like yeah, an active yeah. choice sure you know yeah so the casting director of film and louise was louis giaimo giaimo an emmy winner for casting homicide life on the street had his first casting director credit as one of the casting directors of the godfather his Whoa. first listed imdb credit i was like how'd you 
get. <laughs> He's probably an assistant or an associate, you know. I mean, I guess. I guess. Also, sometimes your first gig is a real good one. This is true. This is true. And would go on to cast such projects as The Exorcist, Rain Man, and Gladiator. So working some more with uh, Gladiator. With old Ridley Scott. So let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. Some of these people may have auditioned. Some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all a little subjective. And as always, I've looked up all the actors in advance, and Amy Jo is hearing it along with you, listener, for the very first time. If possible, I'm even fresher yeah. to the casting <laughs> options than I was to the movie. Uh, so let's kick it off with Thelma. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Gina Davis, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? Well, thank goodness Vagina Davis. <laughs> She's great. <laughs> so good in so this. So good. She's so... I don't know. Like, I think it'd be so easy to just slightly get the tone wrong on this character. And then suddenly you have someone who's acting at it so hard. Who's acting like at at an infantile, like, I just don't know any better. I don't know. Rather than, like, just you see her, like, not dealing with it. But you don't see the effort the actor is making. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so fully lived. It's just so lived in. Such a great ease. Yeah, and that morning after, oh, after she sleeps gosh. with she Brad comes Pitt, in, in what head to toe denim with her hair all everywhere, and she walked in. I laughed so hard. Oh, it's such it a was good such entrance. a beautiful so entrance, so brilliantly done. You're like, yeah, yes, <laughs> you have embodied the moment. Um, I think she's wonderful. I, you know. I don't want to replace her with anyone oh, of else. Of course, but... of course. But she unfortunately is not available for your film, Thelma and Louise. So you're going to have to cast someone gosh, else. Gosh, gosh. Okay. So or I alternately, a... if it was never made, cast it today. You know, it's, I know yeah. the rules. Oh, oh, okay. Well, listener might. We That's might, true. Listener, listener, we do whatever we want on this podcast. This is true. But we also have some uh, new newer listeners that we've gotten in the last few weeks. Hello. Because, uh, hello there, that have, uh, might be checking us out because they saw us on AV Club on our Alien episode. So we wanted to say thanks for listening. And if you're enjoying, go to iTunes and maybe give us a little rating and review maybe oh, drop us some five stars five if you're enjoying stars. the show uh it really helps us out um so foolish but so true but let's get to your picks yeah i have i have a bunch of different thoughts um someone who i i tried to think for thelma who are people that i think would also be able to do this sort of like childlike delight yeah. and excitement and and hurt without it seeming to put on Mm -hmm. so some of these it would not necessarily be right for 1991 um sure so like an early 80s diane weist i'm thinking like hannah and her sisters that performance in hannah and her sisters still blows my mind like just that kind of you know she's like a recovering addict and she's so like everything she's got such like thin skin but is trying so hard to be brave like it feels very appropriate for this character plus diane weist is the best diane weist is a diane beast when it comes to (laughs) acting people she'd also be a great louise very true yeah even if we're talking like bullets over broadway era Uh, diane weist for 1991 I think that exactly. was, because yeah. Bulls of a Broadway is early mid nineties. Um, yeah, I feel like, I think it's 92, 93. Yeah. 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 So Sounds about right. exactly. So, but I, yeah. I would be so interested in seeing her Thelma cause I just think she would like break your heart oh, and yeah. she's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, so, she's so that's good. really what you want. Another option. Uh, Joan Cusack. Of course. Of course, Joan Cusack. Who we just love. We love that Joan Cusack. And those big eyes, you know. I, yeah. We, we tend to see her do more strong-willed kind of characters, but um, you were you were talking the other day about um, 
uh, oh, Dead Poet Society about casting for the color at the end. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. and she does get to be the person who then goes and holds up. I'm yeah, holding up a, a store, the store exactly. And, yeah, so I forget I think, which of the and then I mean p- p- having a gun to a cop's head exactly, and put him in his trunk. So I, I that, do that think, whole scene is also. I mean, <sighs> just in terms of it is not a comedy, but you have like you know shoot the radio. She shoots this radio, and it's like the police radio, <laughs> not just his the normal FM. Uh, <laughs> I already forgot about that. That was so good. Um, yeah. Another person who, again, this would probably be a little bit m- more uh, early, mid-80s, mm-hmm. uh, Jessica Lange. Yeah. Just it. like her and Tootsie. That's um, this very oh, yeah. similar kind yeah. of character. Um, then let me see. More contemporary. And this is an actor who, like, the more I think about them and the more I've read about everything that happened in the wake of, like, Harvey Weinstein's Reign of Terror, there are so many actors who I think we got robbed of a lot of great performances because he shut their careers down. Absolutely. I think Salma Hayek would be really charming in this. Um, she's funny, she's gorgeous, and, uh, I, I think would be really lovely in this. I was just, you know, thinking... I, I like years ago there was this article that came out on how he like totally like ruined her I mean, yeah. production of Frida, uh, Frida. Yeah. and it's just like oh ugh, the, yeah. the trail of terror um but also very satisfying to have you know someone like Salma Hayek who's like had to still has a career in spite yeah. of the sexual predator to put into a movie like Thelma and Louise totally. I think would be great I also would love here's a pairing <laughs> I would love one pairing i would love is kate blanchett in a dual role just to have her parent trap herself oh yeah but i think i would like to see kate blanchett as louise with tony collette as thelma oh yeah i'd be yeah tony collette tony collette Collette is especially either would be so good mid 90s tony collette we'll do it as if as if it was on stage so kate blanchett and tony collette just trading off roles yeah exactly exactly they'll release it twice in theaters once with tony collette as thelma and kate blanchett as louise and once vice versa yes that's once vice versa yes for our listeners who are not theater people in the early 2000s i want to say philip seymour hoffman and john c Riley did a production of true west on broadway where they would alternate the roles they played every night it's basically a two-hander so there have been other productions that have done this but everyone still refers to it as like oh well true west West as like a verb (laughs) so that's what i mean by that which i'm still mad i didn't see either version um and then i thought you know what else would be fun is instead of ratchet which i've not seen yes um instead of having Sarah, Sarah Paulson, Paulson and, and Cynthia, Cynthia Nixon and Ratchet. We put them in Thelma and Louise. Can you imagine? That would be rad. It's like That'd Ryan Murphy, make yeah. it now. Make it now. This please. feels like make it now and make it good. But I mean, don't. I don't need no, four, don't. a I four season version it. of Thelma and Louise with Sarah Paulson and Cynthia Nixon. I mean, that might be great, but I don't want, I feel like it no, would just be you're right. just Ryan Murphy it up, and I don't want that. I don't need it. No. If someone else wants to do it, maybe a mini series remake of Thelma and Louise. Ooh. It's like a limited, like six episode. Give them, just give them a little more breathing room, but not like multiple seasons nonsense. No, no, no. I don't and we don't need, need a prequel. No, I was still to thinking a movie. I wasn't totally thinking, like a TV yeah, show. I gotcha. But... I gotcha. Well, now um, we're talking. Ooh, mini series <laughs> limited. Ooh, I like yeah, it. Sure. Anyway, those are my main options. I love which it. is just like yeah. this was very fun to think of people that I like to oh, watch act and yeah. being like why don't you do it all yeah the only person i could think of that i feel like is give a similar performance a little young for it here but would be of course laura dern uh Uh, i think you're getting yeah i think 91 she was doing rambling rose so she was getting her first oscar nomination uh 
playing i've only read like the little outline so she's like just like a very promiscuous like young woman that's like kind of figuring life she's out she's a rambling rose she's a ramble she's that rambling rose uh which feels like it goes a little in line with Thelma and this of someone that's just trying to be like i'm trying to figure things out i'm trying mm-hmm. to like grow up and suddenly i'm growing up a little too quickly also a great louise more now absolutely you know? i mean come on yeah come on. uh so right off the bat originally cast was michelle pfeiffer but pre-production took so long she had to drop out wow i could she's delightful i could yeah. i could see that yeah instead by by 1991 she was doing uh frankie and johnny with al pacino mm. um and she's the one who suggested really scott directed because at the time he's only going to produce he was trying to find someone else to direct mm-hmm. uh, and michelle pfeiffer was like just you do it and i think he does i think he does a really good job yeah. i mean really i think the script is the script is is, is what the, you can rely what really on. is the yeah. launching pad for everything in this film um but i think he does a really good job it's so weird because i mainly know him as a director for stuff like alien and blade runner that i forget and i forget i'm like oh yeah so I many no he directed genre this. stuff yeah, when it yeah. popped up on the screen that he directed this my job <laughs> was on was the flow slack uh <laughs> because yes again it doesn't seem like oh yes like and I do not think of it this way, but a woman's picture, you know, like this mm-hmm. is not a chick flick, but it is a film that centers the experience of two women. So it feels like some people are just like, what am I going to do with that? Why don't let me near it? You know? Right. Right. Exactly. Well, I mean, it's 1991. So, you know, because Ridley Scott was originally supposed to direct Point Break. So is there a world where he would have done Point Break and Catherine Bigelow would have done this? interesting i know it's so interesting because also Catherine bigelow it seems to me mainly does stuff that you would think of as very macho films yeah you know but then brings an an element that's not like yeah just testosterone driven to it yeah i don't know i don't know <laughs> so the screenwriter's choice who she wanted was holly hunter Ooh, interesting just that teeny tiny holly hunter teeny, tiny holly which holly hunter. i like i mean you're getting she's very good at acting oh uh, i don't know i forget where in the south holly hunter's from but you're getting a little more i think of that baked in because i think gina davis was born in uh boston or massachusetts and right. i think Susan Sarandon isn't born in new york yeah they they both seem like but they i think they do an excellent oh job, i agree i agree you know agree. it doesn't seem like they're play acting oh my god can we take a minute i have not seen it i don't know if it's out yet but everyone is like sharing stuff about hillbilly allergy oh. and how it's supposed to look terrible oh. it was just like yeah i'm not having that experience where even just seeing some of the stills of like right. light clothes and Indiana, oh, you're like what are you man. doing oh, this feels so like bad hillbilly elegy this feels like oh just, man do i not care about hillbilly oh elegy. man do i not care about that but you know this feels like it's done it's less like poverty porn you know what i mean which right. is not the point of this film either no, but it's also no. not like isn't the south hilarious like exactly it's not yeah making fun of the characters Agreed. for being from arkansas totally absolutely uh so ridley scott wanted to cast sally field she might be on my list for something <gasps> else oh inter- that's i feel like i could see her a little more as a louise uh, yeah. than a thelma 1991 sally field's doing soap dish yes what that's she did exactly instead. what i was thinking but I mean, Sally Field, if it's younger, sure, absolutely. Not, not again. I having grown up in Texas and looking back, I know many women who were probably in their forties at the time who still managed to infantilize themselves. Like, oh it, sure, it, yeah, because of their husbands, because of their upbringing, whatever. You know, so I don't feel like she has to be younger. I, I think agree. because we've seen it yeah. that way, it makes sense. But it's also looking like the trajectory of certain actors' careers and who Sally feels. Norma Ray is actually very 
mm. like fits in very well with like a Thelma, you yeah. know. Um, thinking about her, yeah, in Soap Dish, she's she's much more strong-willed, clear-eyed, you know. Although this this you know reunion scene between Louise and Jimmy, I think I'm a lot more interested if it's Sally Field as Louise and Kevin Klein as <laughs> as soul rambling musician Jimmy. Can you? Im- Look, I mean, I mean, Kevin Klein the is scene- a beautiful actor the, the scene where she's tra- so funny <laughs> the scene where she's trying to pick up the, get the money order and it's just like oh is it under like louise whatever and it's like no it's like oh and then like, he, michael madsen reveals himself imagine that as kevin klein like pulling his magazine down and being like have you tried peaches code word peaches <laughs> code word peaches. peaches uh no i don't think he's actually a good choice for it but it entertains oh, me that's good. Uh, nicole kidman auditioned young nicole kidman mm, yes i can t- i mean there's a yeah. great example of someone who like look at her in big little lies like she's she's got some of this you know she's in an abusive relationship and yeah. you know but just this kind of i i have to get through and, and like the, her character in big little lies is more clear eyed i think than than thelma is you know but it's still a certain amount of like because it's not exactly like that she's made herself childlike in the same way that Thelma is. But it's there's there's a very clear... I mean, there's a certain, like, deluding yes. oneself. Yes. That Nicole Kidman has some big little lies. It's not that... Gina Davis is aware. It feels like, to yeah. me, it's just... With her, it's like, what other choice do I have? Like, I, I can't... The but, best I can yes. hope for is a weekend away she's with my friend. And even that, skittish. she couldn't even no, ask him. Totally. She's very skittish around him. But that's the, that's the thing is... He's my husband, not my father. Yeah, you know, um, th- which takes her the whole movie practically to be able to say to him. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, but I think she'd be good, Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Still prefer Gina Davis. Oh yeah. Uh, Melanie Griffith turned it down. Interesting. I can absolutely see yeah. that, especially fresh off the heels of Working Girl. Yeah. Yeah. Great yeah. fit. I I think that would have been a good choice for totally. her. Totally. Now I don't know if it was for Thelma or Louise because it just says they turned down a role, but Tina Turner turned one. Or wow. both of them down. Yeah. Thunderbird. Thunderbird. <laughs> yeah. I'm seeing her more as a Louise. That's, that's I don't know where, Tina Turner. He, as, I mean, well, granted, Tina Turner was in an abusive marriage quite famously, you know, but yes. I, Tina Turner's persona that yeah. she has on stage and on film, I don't know her as someone who isn't super strong. I know. Right. Which, you know, you're paid for the casting for the final color so it's just well then it's more of like is tina turner a good enough actor to sell yeah, that I, I don't know i haven't seen her in I, that i, mean, she I know hasn't done like that many i know movies. it's just you know, I've seen, what have i seen like tommy Mad, and thunderdome. Mad Max thunderdome well and and tommy <laughs> oh and tommy yeah um but you know uh, acid yeah. queen is not a... oh and acid queen of course of course sorry right. you said tommy and i was like oh tommy i was thinking tommy boy with chris farley and i was like yeah, turner's in tommy quite. boy interesting. interesting the who's tommy of course of no, course, the of course. Hughes, tommy. Uh, uh, Hughes. um i see yeah i, I could see her as louise i think that'd i could be see her as louise really rad yeah. uh yeah um so Get in my Thunderbird! <laughs> oh my god, that's all it would be. That's all it would be. It's just like, yeah. I can't, I, when I saw... Drive, drive the Thunderbird! Drive! Put the gas down on the Thunderbird! When I saw Mad Max, Mad Max Thunderdome, Thunderdome, I can't tell you the amount of delight I have at just the number of times that she would say Thunderdome. And I mean, what a great crossover that would be. Thumb and Louise in the T-Bird convertible and all these like big rigs uh, and spiky cars driving yes. around chasing them. I Thelma would... and Louise Fury Road. Thelma and Louise Fury <laughs> Road. Uh, I mean, it. then we definitely have Thunderbird, the weightlifter, driving like a, yes. a big, a big, or or actually a teeny tiny car as he's just like hulking yes. outside of it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 
I love it. I want it. Come and on, then George Jimmy Miller, can, Jimmy can Louise. play the, the guitar that is also a flamethrower. Oh, he, he'd be the doof warrior. He'd yes. be, Jimmy would be playing his guitar. On, it's a perfect uh, it, one perfect to one. Perfect one to one. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah. And then I guess uh, Brad Pitt is a uh, Nux. Brad Pitt says, uh, yes. what's his face? Yeah. Yes. And then Harvey Keitel is Tom Hardy. It's perfect. Harvey Keitel <laughs> as Max, I guess. I was thinking Harvey Keitel as a Morton Joe. Harvey Keitel with the big breathing tube mask. and No, that's the old guy that she steals guy. his hat. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what? Maybe it's not a one-to-one. It's not? Uh, but we'll keep, we'll keep oh, workshopping it. I thought it was so I close. Uh, Helen Hunt turned it down. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Which I was like, oh, right, because Mad About You was 92. Because this was like, she was not, no, like, that was like the thing that kind of launched her. Sure. Because um, in 1991, she had a very busy 1991. Instead, she had two TV movies, six episodes of a show called My Life and Times that only had seven episodes, and Trancers 2, The Return of Jack Death, which this is the plot of Trancers 2, oh, lay it on, Return man. of Jack Death. Six years after a time cop returns home from battling future alien zombies, his settled life is turned upside down when a mad scientist creates more. How is that? That's one sentence that's too long. It's one movie that sounds like too long. If it's any, if it's, it's anywhere over it's zero seconds, that movie's too long. Your your soul, like like the light left your eyes yes. halfway through the reading of that. But like, I'd have to imagine Helen Hunt had to turn it down because she was contractually obligated to have already signed up for <sighs> Transfers Two and two TV and movies like and all this nonsense to be able to, to be like contract. get me out of here so I can probably. do Thelma and Louise. Why else would you possibly turn down a Ridley Scott, the lead in a Ridley Scott yeah, directed film in 1991 that had before anyone that really things and then but then you know they mad about you the next year so she's like okay and then she wins that oscar and whatever 96 97 for as yeah. good as it gets um but still at the time i'm like god how how deflating that would be uh glenn close was Speaking considered of, i know another one that i was like actually no i could see that if you think of like fatal attraction have yeah. you seen it oh absolutely okay, i couldn't she's remember. incredible you haven't it. seen basic instinct i sure we watched it together well that but, but just... i'd never seen it before okay maybe so that's what that I'm was the first time i'd seen so, that. like you think of like let's say act one glenn close and fatal attraction where she is pretending to be chill <laughs> um i can see that even though she's like cool and and collected like i can see that kind of i guess i still like i like soccer. her i like her for oh, louise duh. i can well, see she's... it's mainly i feel like for the louises i'm mainly just picturing the shot of them shooting harlan of that yes. like the tears in the yeah. eyes and i'm seeing who else i want to see in that oh, moment and glenn close in that is exactly um and really for thelma i'm mainly of who is the, the flushed full gene denim look <laughs> of like the dopey like like dope a rope grin on their face as they're just like uh-huh, i'm doing just fine i just, keep thinking I just about got laid proper for the first proper time proper for the first time i just think about like when they first get in the car and gina davis puts her feet like flat mm. against the dashboard yeah. and susan serena looks at her like what are you doing like because it's like yeah. improper and also yeah, glenn, like get glenn, your feet off my dashboard that, yeah also that glenn close to me is someone saying get your feet off my dash not someone putting her feet on someone that's, else's dash that's very fair that's um, very true but not to say that she can't. Glenn Close is an incredible actor. Glenn Close can act better than most anybody. She can. Up for Thelma, Christine Ebersole. Interesting. Similar to she was up for Working Girl, and yes. it's like, man, that sure would have been. Uh, it would have been very helpful for real Christine helpful Ebersole. for that career yeah. to you know, post to being the mom and Mac and me. Look, she's won Tonys. She sure so has. At as least far as one. film goes, no, it's true. And it's she's true. had other film stuff now, but it's still enough that she's not you know. 
Yeah. In Wasn't Thelma she on a movies. TV show? Is not how people know her? Oh, maybe. Well, Possibly. I don't know. And I refuse to look it up. Great. Uh, up for Thelma, Phoebe Cates. Huh. Speaking of Kevin Klein. Speaking, speaking of Kevin Klein, which instead, 1991, she was doing Drop Dead Fred. Oh, well, people have opinions. People have strong opinions on Drop Dead Fred. Some people love that. Some people would say that Drop Dead Fred should have taken that fifth slot for Best Picture at the Some Oscars. Some people will say anything, Jeff. <laughs> Some people will say also say anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I really only know Phoebe Cates from Gremlins. I've never even seen Drop Dead Fred. I know her from... Or Fast gosh, Times at Ridgemont High. what's that movie that all the celebrities were in? The Anniversary yes. Party? Yes. Wow, I cannot believe that you have, A, seen The Anniversary of Party. Of course. I was obsessed and... with Alan Cumming at college. Well, and before. Okay, that makes, that makes sense. That and makes you're sense. like, I'm going to see any this is before also alan cumming was in as much as he is so sure. i was like yeah. i gotta seek it out when, when, when all you had to do is just keep re-watching goldeneye goldeneye and emma that was emma it and emma obviously course, i knew him course. first from emma and then i remember seeing the tony awards that year that he was the oh, MC, for the ca- and i was like the cabaret yeah. mr elton <laughs> i was so stunned i was like i'm an instant <laughs> super fan <laughs> that's great i love that uh but yeah bb kate's dropped at fred instead 1991, Carrie Fisher was up for Thelma, but was instead in Soap Dish and Drop Dead Fred. <laughs> oh, no, is this another look who's having a baby? Um, Maybe. Oh, dear. Um, I love Carrie Fisher. She seems to me more like a Louise, but she also, I think, does play that kind of like, it's, I, I don't want to put this on her, but it's also like the the kind of addict delusion like what you yeah. have to do to keep yourself yeah. go- going in order to to- no, not totally. deal with the realities of what yeah. what your like addiction is doing to you um i do think that that would she kind of like sits in between for me yeah yeah it's so it's with rough. her i could actually see her in either one depending on who else was cast so that it's more like they are um setting different things off in one another absolutely it really does come down to that of like oh, who the pairing the the pairing exactly exactly i yeah, i think i like her a little better for for louise for the susan sarandon role uh mainly just picturing yeah her with a gun in her hand I'm, tears I'm in her eyes her this is wild but they look so similar to me in a lot of ways that this seems like a crazy thing to do but like uh, sorry a wild thing to do this is like carrie fisher as thelma and jamie lee curtis as louise love that like because that's sure. someone who it's also like uh yeah i could see jamie lee curtis as more of a louise and then they're just this almost like to me look like they could be sisters kind of yeah yeah oh well, there's so many gingers in this movie everyone has Very like soft true. reddish brown hair yeah for all these women it's all so the women funny. are like you know what we want them all to have the same yeah. hair that will be good <laughs> but it's it's a lot of like luxurious mane to look at you as know? thelma mrs weasley no wonder they <laughs> no wonder they were seeing nicole kidman because she was a redhead, yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I don't know if that was a prerequisite. Thelma and Louise, both redheads. They gotta be a redhead. They gotta be that redhead. Uh, Bridget Fonda was considered. Uh, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. I think it's fine. Yeah. Um, she had a very busy 1991. She had Doc Hollywood with Michael J. Fox, some movie called Leather Jackets, some movie called Out of the Rain, some movie called Iron Maze, all these things I've never heard of, and an uncredited role in Drop Dead Fred. <laughs> No, that's, the guess, right. that's the last oh, one that's the last one i swear uh but yeah three of our people in drop dead fred instead uh daryl hannah was considered for oh, thelma which i can eh. understand the impulse yeah. i think gina davis is better yeah oh i agree barbara hershey was considered and she's oh. someone that i wish 
maybe she's just in a lot of things that I just haven't seen. Yeah. Because I really only I think like Hannah and her sisters, Black Swan as yeah. Natalie Portman's mom, and like in the movie Insidious, it's like the main things that I know I her also from. Know and her from a fairy tale theater episode. Well, of course you do, Amy mm, Jo. You know. <laughs> What can I say? I'm that well-versed You're in that well-versed. Canon. <laughs> but uh, I think she's great. I mean, she's so good just talking about Diane Weist and Hannah and her sisters. Yeah. I think she's, she's so amazing incredible in that. Because well. um, who's the third sister? Mia Farrow. Mia Farrow. Oh, of course, of course, yeah. of course. Obviously. They're all amazing together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, she's a great choice as well. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Interesting choice. Angelica Houston. I, well, how did I know you're going to say that? I don't know why. As soon as I, you're like interesting choice. I was like Angelica Houston. Angelica of Houston. Um, yeah. Also, someone that I'm like as I want her as Louise. I like, totally Elma want her as like Louise. a weird pick for me. Like this is. Yeah. I'd be interested, but yeah, I'm thinking Grifters yeah. Angelica Houston era. That's much more Louise. Because I think that was 19, Grifters was either 1990 or 1992. Either the right year before or after, and, and yeah, I think it was the year before. I mean, if you get, get Angelica Houston as your Louise, and then and, you're Annette Benning yes. as Thelma. Yeah, thinking of her in Grifters, like that actor. Yeah, yeah. That ver- that era of Annette Bening, uh, I think would be really rad. Because, but if Angelica Houston had done Thelma and Louise in 1981, <gasps> she might not don't have been free it. for Adam's family. So we don't <laughs> need it. Thank you, Angelica, for not Ooh. doing Thelma and Louise. Oh, I mean, it's the Adams family. It's a classic we love it but if also if you don't have it for that you don't have it for the sequel you don't have a fa- Adam's it's, family it's, you values. can't take one without the other you can't up for thelma madonna madonna i can i can understand yeah. why they would do that gina davis is a much better actor i mean yeah. i mean we've seen them in a movie together a league of their own and madonna is very charming in that movie but right. she doesn't carry the emotional weight of it new 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 also an interesting one for 1991 liza minnelli wow now, I get Arthur era Liza Minnelli. But also, here's – I will say this. We're talking about, like, age and stuff. And one of the things that I think this movie does really well is it – other than, like, one reference to, like, Daryl feeling like he doesn't want to have kids yet. So, like, in theory, the Thelma character has to be still young enough to be able yeah. to have kids. But you either take that line out or adjust it to be like, that's why we never had kids or whatever, you know. But I like that it is not about – super young women that it oh, is I about agree. women who have lived that your younger have... woman is still mid-30s yeah. yeah yes absolutely you know and and that you can that this movie needs them to be a little bit older because of like what they've lived through and how many years they have just kind yeah. of like kept going on you know and uh so i think you can have like how old would lies have been in 91 I don't know, listener. I'm sure. Yeah, I know, don't know offhand. I, you don't I would know her birth date in her 40s. That sounds about sounds right. Sounds right. If um, Cabaret, she's probably in her 20s. She, there, she was quite so. young. She went to Tony know. at like 19, oh, I think. Well, I mean, yeah, she's probably very young in, during Cabaret. So she's, I would guess like somewhere. She did not win for Cabaret, listener. Don't think I don't <laughs> know that. I am. She won the Oscar. She did, indeed. But she was not Liza. No. Liza, <laughs> Liza won for Floor of the Red It's Menace. a little hard to imagine Liza Minnelli as Thelma in Thelma. It is, but I think um, one thing that Liza, especially that you see on screen. Well, no, I mean, you see it on stage. Um but it, it because her eyes are so huge, she, she works great on screen in that capacity. But she has such chaotic energy to her that True. I think is one of the things Gina Davis is doing really well. That yeah. is, I think, very inherent to Liza's 
performance persona. Mm. You know, just that yeah. slight like, I'm always just a little bit thrown off by what's going on around <laughs> me. Wow, no. That kind of thing, which is so beautifully captured in Arthur. Oh, sure. I think that that would be interesting for Thelma. Yeah, I so, agree with that. But I also just love Liza and wish she was in more things. Oh, sure. It's sure. hard for me to picture that. Yeah. But I'm interested. <laughs> uh, Tracy Ullman was considered and... Also someone who's just not, you know, I just know her mainly kind of similar similar to Amy Sedaris for me. It's like I'm not – I know them more from them as themselves yeah. and their comedy and, like, the characters. Like, ske- like not even like, sketch, yeah. but, like, of the Tracy Ullman show and, like, stuff like that. I've Tracy been told takes I would on like it. Tracy Ullman, but I don't, sure. I don't know. Oh, I hear you. Um, yeah, I think the only thing you would have seen her in then is uh, Into the Woods as Jack's mother. But oh, she yes. was very good. She's probably right. one of the better parts of that movie. Jack's tonight. mother, deeply underrated role for character actress. And she, she doesn't get a big number, you know. Knocked out of the park. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Now, she doesn't get a big number. She gets a big bop on the head and then goes, oop, I'm dead. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, that, that's how it happens. It's just like like a bop. Oh, and then she's I'm just like, aware, oh, I'm And like, you've killed her. It's like, how? Wait, what? Uh, she's no. dead? Into the Woods, better than possibly any other musical ever written. Oh, well. Thanks, I... my adolescence <laughs> and the worst job of my life. Siggy Weave. Sigourney oh, Weaver was considered. She was one that I thought could go into either one, but I landed I on a Louise for her. I agree. But I, yeah, I, I think she's someone that's also a little in between yes. for me. Um, but I like it. I like it. I like it, but I also like, I'm thinking of Working Girl and how... That's maybe my favorite Sigourney performance mm. is in Working Girls. Just like, yeah, that energy of, which it's not the same. The, you know, and also Sigourney, born in Manhattan, you know, yeah. very East Coast energy, but like as someone who can act. Tree, um, tree. That, yeah, I, I'm, I'm into it, but I still am more interested in her as a Louise. I agree. I agree. Cher turned it down. I had thought of Cher weirdly, <laughs> but I still thought she's more of a, a Louise than a Thelma. I, I agree, one hundred percent. She's also pretty fresh off an Oscar win for Moonstruck. Yeah. yeah, I think that was I don't know eighty nine, eighty eight. No, I think it was eighty eight because I think uh, Norman Jewison was considered for Prince to direct Princess Bride, <laughs> but instead he directed yeah. Moonstruck, Moonstruck and won that Oscar for Best Director. Just, just okay. Yeah, just okay. Goldie Hawn turned it down. That makes a lot. Of I sense think to me. would be that's great, great, great yes. casting. Love the idea this of Goldie Hawn. Actually, makes me think of Annalie Ashford, who is a theater actress. We've mentioned her before, but she is kind of like a more contemporary Goldie Hawn. Oh, I so in her see like that. comedic. Energy. I'm like, oh yeah, and she's been. Be, she's been like Masters of Sex, and she's been. She's going to be in of, the um, Ryan Murphy that's Clinton right. thing. She's playing Paula Jones um, in the Monica Lewinsky right, Clinton right, uh, right, right. thing that's coming out. Um, but yeah, um, she is similar to Goldie Hawn, which is a thing that I think works really well in this part as that kind of just like breathless, wide eyed yeah. comedian, like oh, killer sure. comic timing, Absolutely. who also like has depth. Yeah. Oh, I should rewatch Private Benjamin. That's so good. And you know, I've never seen it. <gasps> Eileen Brennan. I would love to watch it. Well, it's one that I've always been like, oh, I would love to watch that at some point. And it's just never made it into the top totally. of my I mean, I've queue. only seen it a couple times. So well, I'm that sounds like a, a great thing for us to watch. Uh, along with you, listener, you're invited. We're all the three of us. You know what? Get cozy on the couch. Cozy on the couch. Just Private <laughs> Benjamin. <laughs> oh, make room. Make room. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> Kathleen Turner turned it down. Interesting. Sure. Yeah. Also, I mean, she's, she's a be... fine, fine actor, but yeah. I'm still, I'm, it, it really is, I think, I'd have to get the script and look at the screenplay and yeah. see what's actually on the page 
Yeah. Because I'm just seeing these performances so strongly in my mind. Totally. That I'm, yeah. I'm having trouble seeing a lot of these actors as a Thelma. I know. I hear I hear you. I hear of how much of it is what Gina Davis brought yeah. to the role or yes. to, uh, you know, ma- mainly all the stuff I saw was like what Susan Sarandon like helped tweak. Also, the idea of only her and Gina Davis knew that she was going to kiss her at the end. She told her, she's like, I'm, I'm going to kiss you. No, that wasn't part of the script. No one else Aww. knew that. So that was like. Which I think is great. That's it's such great. a beautiful moment between yeah. the two of them. But yeah, in terms of uh, yeah, of what what's on the page, yeah, with uh, with Thelma and how much of it that Gene Davis brought, because I think they both do such an incredible job, Gene Davis and Susan Sarandon. Oh. I mean, that's what the film is. The film lives They're and dies on the two of them and her and Blake together. Uh, I forget if you had mentioned her for Thelma and Louise, so maybe ding ding ding, Jessica Lang was considered. I did. You baby. did for Thelma. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, instead, she was doing Cape Fear in 1991, working with that Scorsese. So, you know, that's also good. You're working with De Niro and Nick Nolte. So that's, it wasn't like you were fine. doing, you know, transfers to the return of Jack Death. Jack Death. Jack Future alien Death. zombies. Wow. Maybe it's also like a comedy. Maybe it's supposed to be a little funny. It sounds like Maybe a real hoop. To be... <laughs> hey, I'm laughing. <laughs> um... <laughs> uh tatum o'neill turned it down fascinating which that you know talk speaking of like that would really help career wise yeah for you yep um yeah, yeah. i mean tatum o'neill also famously goldilocks for fairy tale theater oh. <laughs> john lithgow played her father oh wow look out everybody everybody look out for that john lithgow as goldilocks oh she father. had like this little like underground bunker i wanted one so badly she like covered it with straw well, I got good news. We're in a pandemic. We can be living in an underground bunker for as long as we want. Yeah, that's that's. We're pretty much in an underground bunker. Yeah, but we're in, a, we're like, in an above ground bunker. It's not like a cozy childhood escape. Well, we can decorate our apartment <laughs> to look like whatever childhood escape that you want, my dear. You know what? The more we talk about, it, the more I think I'm okay. <laughs> Uh, we'll just decorate our apartment to look like fairy tale theater. Oh boy! Hey, look, there's just our big cardboard cutout of Shelley Duvall. <laughs> <laughs> I know you. It's one of those like you press it and it has like a voice recording. Goes, hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. Ooh, that I actually just want is my ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm positive that you can find that uh, readily available. Absolutely. Uh, Rene Russo lost out to Gina Davis in the final auditions. Who I. Rene Russo, not a huge amount of screen credits compared to some of these mm-hmm. actors. I have no experience with Rene Russo. Um, well, she's in Nightcrawler. She's the woman that works at the studio that Jake Hall <gasps> oh, yes. is like. Yes, you said Nightcrawler, and I know we on. just talked about it in the pop, but I was like Alan Cumming. I was right. <laughs> Did he have a movie? Right. Um, oh, brother. Yes, because I mainly know her from like that, from Get Shorty. Uh, right, she's in, the, she's in the first two Thor movies, which aka the Thor movies you've not seen. Oh, I was like, how many are there that I haven't the seen? I didn't, Ragnarok really is the third? Is the third, yes. Listener, There's Thor, Thor the Dark so World, much. and Thor Ragnarok. Well, you've learned about this on a previous episode. I forgot it because it didn't, <laughs> it wasn't important to my life, clearly. Of course, I of just, course. Like and then a she, sieve, I let it go. And then Renee Bruce was in this really dumb, dumb movie with tim allen called big trouble that i've watched one billion times for no reason that's the cast is like <laughs> no reason. tim allen renee russo dennis farina ben foster uh stanley tucci uh patrick warburton andy richter like there's so so ma- johnny knoxville it's like a random zoe deschanel a randomly stacked johnny knoxville cast. is a person yeah it sounds like a character name and some well he play he is johnny knoxville in jackass so it, oh that's what so that maybe is it, well he's an actor 
and he he does ja- the jackass stuff but he's also he's he's been in a, a fair share of films enough that i would consider calling him also an actor oh no uh, I, no i don't mean that i mean just it sounds like a it sounds like a character name, name. yeah it sounds like an and Brad Pitt as Johnny, Johnny Knoxville. Knoxville. Oh my god. And I'm Brad Pitt here on Jackass. <laughs> I made a couple wrong turns in my career. <laughs> and now I'm hosting and now someone's whacking me in the nards with a bat. <laughs> nards. Oh. Uh, uh Sissy Spacek auditioned, but after reading the script, she thought it was awful. So oh. yeah, I don't know if like maybe it is just that the script it was like a whatever. The script was what it was, and both Susan Sarandon and Judy Davis like help bring a lot to it and a lot of like the maybe I will say there's also stuff that detail? like sometimes like there's there's some saying I don't know who said it that like a really really well made garment often will look really terrible on the hanger but will look really good on the body mm, but something yeah. that looks really good on the hanger doesn't oh, necessarily great. like hang well and I do sometimes find that certain scripts you read you're like well it's okay sometimes yeah. you're reading Tennessee Williams you're like this is poetry <laughs> dripping out of my hand it's magnificent yeah. but sometimes especially I think with like a screenplay yeah. you'll be reading something you're like I don't know and then it, you'll read it out loud with like a room full of actors like actually right. this is this reads better than I thought on the page yeah now that you're saying that I'm trying to remember I'm kind of remembering offhand so I'm paraphrasing a bit it, but that like originally the writer planted directed herself she as like a micro budget independent mm-hmm. film um and couldn't really get the money for it couldn't get backing no one was interested in it and like showed it to some friend who i think worked i think with someone that worked under ridley scott so the friend like showed it to i think i think that's the chain showed it to them and then they showed it to ridley scott wow. and he really was interested in it so he was like oh i'm total i'll totally produce this um and that's what he was like trying to find and he all of his he was trying to find like tony scott or his brother or, like other a lot of other male directors mm-hmm. uh to, to direct it until as i said michelle pfeiffer was like you should just do this ridley um so it definitely did have a little winding path to get there so i don't know if it just also went through different drafts of that's entirely or, possible, or if it's yeah. just on the page it just read is kind of like who cares like what what this is this is the film yeah. this is it uh i don't know but but it's so alive on film it works so beautifully and so yeah exactly so alive it's so fun it's so, and and then not fun it's, but it's like great it's just, very I think it's such rich a great film. the performances yeah. are very rich and they take again it's the economy of the writing maybe is one of those things you're like uh but when you see it and it's just like well this actor can do it with their eyes yeah why not yeah. let susan sarandon just like act yeah. comparing we've had another susan sarandon film in which i in enchanted which i just oh, didn't particularly right. care for because i just didn't feel it was that vivid of a performance yeah but this is like searing you know every yeah. moment oh that sound means it's time to play a quick round of two truths and some guy or in this week's case two truths and some person gender is dead the way it works two of the following actors were up for the role of thelma and one was not and amy chose to guess which is which yes your options are emma thompson joan allen and joan Cusack. Come on. You designed these for me to fail. <laughs> wow. Emma Thompson, Joan Allen, Joan Cusack. I believe Joan Allen is roughly the same age as Gina Davis. As is Joan Cusack. Emma, Th- Emma Thompson just feels like such a wild choice. I feel like you put Joan Cusack in there because I want it to be true. So I'm going to go Joan Cusack as some guy. That is incorrect. Joan Cusack, totally up for Thelma. Nice. I still yeah. feel cool because I got yeah. one. <laughs> a ding, ding, ding for you. A ding, ding, ding. Not that it's the goal, but it, it, it is a little bit. Um, all right. 
Emma Thompson. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. As wow. far as I could tell, Joan Allen was not up for the role, but I think she'd actually be real she'd good. Be wonderful. She'd be great as Thelma. Wow. Uh, but Emma Thompson was, where I think it was just oh, like, you I know, it's like, her. oh, yeah, but it's like, we're, you're going to come around Hollywood and we'll see if we can put you in something. And then it's like, okay, go back to London. Go back to yeah, yeah, go yeah. do some movies in England say, for a while. I will say, having only seen the trailer to Primary Colors and what she does in American Accent, her American Ooh. Accent's gotten better. Ah, uh, yeah. So I don't know if I'm actually like super into 1991 Emma Thompson doing an American Accent. Look, Emma Thompson is, is a queen. on my top five, Incredible. possibly a favorite actress. We love Emma Thompson. You know? um, but... At, you know, these are two people yeah. who are doing accents that it, it's still an accent they're putting on, but it is more accessible. And a lot of Brits who come over and do a southern accent like to yeah. do a drawl rather than a twang, which mm. is an oversimplified way of saying what are they doing with the R? Because a Brit that's dropping the R, it's yeah. easier to, I'm going to do deep. Chewy, full of barbecue kind of accent, as opposed to like that hard rhotic R that you're gonna get in like the Southwest, right? Um, in Arkansas, so it'd be in some ways it'd be easier because you can lean really hard into that R, but in other ways it's like so counter to what you want to do that I feel like it's just easier for people who totally. already pronounce R's. Yeah, I love Emma Thompson. I just don't see it. Joan Cusack, though, I think you're right. Oh, I think yeah, Joan Cusack yeah. would have been so good, and Crush. I wish that she had that kind of like. I mean, the girl's got two Oscar nominations, but they're also for Working Girl and In and Out, which are still such broad performances yeah. um to get like melissa mccarthy getting nominated for such a broad performance in bridesmaids but then she gets to do can, 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 what, you, can you ever forgive me yes which Gosh. she's so good in and is like still has some elements of humor but it's such a drama such a drama d and so it's good. i wish that joan cusack would get that kind of role cast um, joan cast cusack we more. want joan uh but right now let's move on to Louise, Amy Jo, your thoughts on Susan Sarandon, who we've been chatting a bit about already. Uh, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? Yeah, she's wonderful. You know, I've, I've said it all, I think. You know, yeah, I mean, I've, we've like, yeah. been talking about her. I think it's a wonderful performance. I think it's my favorite thing I've seen her do, you know, and I have seen Susan Sarandon in a number of, of performances. Yeah. I'm trying to think of anything I'd prefer her in. And yeah, because she, I mean, I also haven't, I only saw this also one time and it was forever ago, Dead Man Walking. I saw that she won the years Oscar ago. For, and like, but... she's very good in it, but I don't, I never need to see that again. Oh, of course not. You but in terms I mean? of if her performance. That's what I'm saying. I'll never yeah, know. <laughs> <laughs> the world may never know. The world know. may never know. Uh, but she's so good in this. She's yeah. so good. Yeah. I mean, I have, let's see some of the people we've already talked about. I have Sigourney on here. I have said Cynthia Nixon. Mm. I have Kate Blanchett in a dual role and Kate mm-hmm. Blanchett opposite Tony Collette. Um, and then, yeah, I have a lot of, I have Sally Field I've mentioned. Um, I have some other options. Here's one that is like one of your faves, oh. Beth Grant. Um, oh. I thought would be really sure. interesting in this. Yeah. She, it's a much larger part than she normally plays. I know. She normally gets so many tiny, you know, she's sparkle motion woman in Donnie Darko. She's like the a whole woman at the end of little miss sunshine there's so many she was she's in, in the dinner party episode of the office dinner party episode of the office Quite is dwight state episode, she was in yeah. our former episode to wong fu thanks for mm-hmm. everything julie newmar uh yeah she's in so many things she's one of those like oh her yeah she's in no country for old men at the end yes yeah uh, she's in so many things and she's just um she's never had like or at no. least never uh, not a movie this size yeah. of like a huge role but like especially like early night i just feel yeah. like she'd be She's just like she comes like yeah. so oh, direct in her great. energy. Yeah. I think it'd, it'd be really yeah. interesting. I love it. Um, this because we watched Jackie Brown me for the first time. Mm. I was like, ooh, Pam Greer. I mean, she's so good. She's so good, and <sighs> man, I'd be really into seeing her play this part. That's you know? I love that. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
who else do I have? Or do I have anyone else? Oh, Cherry Jones, maybe. She's a bit Ooh, young yeah. for it in the early 90s. Yeah. But Still. a more contemporary Cherry Jones. Sure. Very into that. And then, yeah, Viola Davis. I was like, I was just like, who are actors yeah. with gravitas that can like bring it? Like, I mean, yeah. always, always Viola Davis always can bring Viola it. Viola Davis yeah. for anything. I was thinking that. I The main person off the top of my head that I could just see that, really, it's that shot of just like the tears in the eyes yeah. and like, and sh- and shooting the gun and then after it whatever she says after he's already dead and she's just like like mind like mind your manners or yeah something along those yeah. lines uh would be still too young in 1991 but like made whatever a decade or so later taraji p henson mm-hmm. uh is what i want to see yeah <laughs> you're like please i want it in my brain right um now. right so as we said tina turner turned down a role might have been this one might have been thelma uh, i i like her a bit more as a louise i think it makes more sense as a louise yeah uh so it took producers so long to find someone for Louise that Gina Davis had to sign a contract stating that the producers could cast her in either role if need be. So Gina Davis could wow. have been cast as Louise. Which she would have been great, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But then it's like, who? who's, who's the Thelma? Thelma? opposite Gina Davis. Joan Cusack? Joan Cusack as Thelma? Did Ooh, Gina Davis as Louise? I mean, I'd watch it. Because, I mean, I can't imagine Gina Davis as Louise to whatever Glenn Close's Thelma Heavens, or no. Angelica Houston's Thelma, you know? you. No. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That like, just I feel feels like, like chemically that's off. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, maybe to Joan. Joan and Joan and Jean. <laughs> Joan and Jean. Jean uh, and Joan. Jeannie and Joan. Gina and Joan. Joan and Jean. Driving off a cliff. <laughs> so with Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hold on. I have not moved on yet from the song. <laughs> Okay. All right. Where were you? Uh, so when Michelle Pfeiffer was supposed to play Thelma, it was going to be Jodie Foster as Louise. Okay. Okay. But pre-production took so long, so they both had to drop out. And that's when Jodie Foster instead was free to do Silence of the Lambs. Which I think clearly worked out great for her. Uh, yeah. I didn't realize also in 1991, she had her directorial debut in this movie, Little Man Tate. Um, which I was Jody like, Jodie Foster did. Yeah, it's like big year, big year for that, Jodie. Busy, ah, so busy. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, Jodie Foster's so good, but it's like you can't, I can't even imagine losing her as Clarice in Silence no. of the Lambs, um, by having her in this. I instead, mean, I know but... I offered alternate casting options, but I didn't want right. to. Right, <laughs> exactly. Because sometimes, yeah, you just the casting is like perfection it's yeah. like it's so and that's it's yeah i don't know it's like they just put such a great stamp on it gina davis and susan sarandon that it's not like no one else could have played these roles no. but they also are so good together yeah. that it's you really do have to think of the duo the, so the, if the, the duo between them was michelle pfeiffer and jodie foster i do think that is a very interesting dynamic yes. um and then because jodie foster is so like whatever stalwart and so like oh, yeah. grounded um that even though she's much younger it would, right. Yeah. St- I think still totally worked. I think so. Also, because Jodie Foster is someone who has been working since she was a child, there is a certain kind of, you know how like kids who grew up in New York are like little adults, like in New York City specifically. Like I remembered like moving here after college and I could still tell which people I knew had grown up in New York specifically. It sort of evened out as we all got older, but there's a certain amount of like, yeah, I've been like taking the subway by myself since I was 12. What of it? Yeah. You know, like just a different kind of like. You had to grow up sooner. Oh, yeah. And so she, I think, even at a much younger age, that's part of what contributes to this kind of like very uh, uh, wise beyond her years quality because she has been working since she was a bib. Uh, bebe. So the screenwriter, uh, along with wanting Holly Hunter for Thelma, wanted 
Frances McDormand as Louise. She was on and, one of uh, my lists. Oh, yeah, yeah. As Thelma or Louise. Totally. I did be, think of her more as a Louise. Oh, so good. Just again, if you're thinking of someone yeah. with a more direct energy as opposed to like a more, that's I think the difference between what they're both doing. It's like one is playing like a straight line and, and the other is like all curves and circles, you yeah. know, just in like the way that they move through the world. I see that. Yeah. I mean, Frances McDormand, because I just this summer rewatched uh, Blood Simple, the Coen Brothers' first film for the uh, first time in forever. Uh, and because that's her first film, which I think is like maybe 84 or something around then. So she's that much younger in her fully in her 20s um that like i can see her as mm. uh as thelma um but i think yeah where she tends to live where we no- now see francis mcdormand yeah. from fargo on it's like oh as the louise like that would be delight her with the that's what i want is her with her the with gun, the gun. Oh, yeah. eyes full of eyes, righteous fury i can see it so vividly it's like she might if it was francis mcdormand as louise i feel like in that that moment she would have done the samuel jackson speech in pulp fiction where it's like and i will strike thee <laughs> down with whatever like furious vengeance uh she, she's rad she was coming off of her first oscar nomination for mississippi burning with gene hackman and william defoe huh. Um, so she was definitely, I was like, where was Frances McDormand career wise? Yeah. I really wasn't aware of her until Fargo, but also like so, I was a, a child a when this movie oh, came sure. out. So, oh, sure. Of you course. Know. You weren't, you weren't also being like, ma'am, can we go see Mississippi Burning Theaters? I did want to see Drop Dead Fred and my mom wouldn't let me. That's a little different than Mississippi Burning. Just a bit, I think. Interesting, <laughs> Interesting theory there. Oh, uh, Kim Basinger was considered. Oh, I would think of her as more of a Thelma, honestly. I would agree. This being like a this few years really after Batman, makes me it's want to read the script they were using yeah. to cast off yeah. of because some of these feel like really, really. I know. I know. Um, and I think I guess she was also up for Silence of the Lambs because I feel like we had already mentioned this. We mentioned this recently that in 1991, instead she was doing The Marrying Man, which was a huge flop of a comedy where she met Alan Baldwin. <laughs> so potentially with Cher as Thelma or specifically in terms of my research, specifically with Goldie Hawn as Thelma, it would have been Meryl Streep as Louise because Ooh. they were looking for a project to do together. Oh, they I considered wonder if Thelma they and Louise found one. But they passed on it and decided to do Death Becomes yeah, Her. Yeah, they clearly instead. were like, no, no, no. We're this is too much acting. We want to let our we we want to really let our hair we down. We want to let our hair down and then also drive off a cliff. We want to just like die uh, in a funny way. Yeah, just what yeah, much funnier, much funnier deaths <laughs> in Death Becomes Her. Uh, yeah, which. But, I mean, it's Meryl. It's Goldie Hawn and Meryl as Thelma and Louise. That's a real good, That's a good movie. duo. That's a good movie. I mean, ultimately. Now, what about? Yeah. Now, what about this? What about? Interesting. What, what about, about Bob? What about Bob? <laughs> Bill Murray is Thelma, <laughs> and Bill Murray is Louise. Uh, no, of course not. What? What? Sorry, what, what about um, Sigourney as Thelma Ooh. and Meryl as Louise? Ooh. Or vice versa, man. If people could true west it, those could oh, true west it. Vice interesting, interesting. I yeah, like yeah, it. Yeah. I, I like. like it. I mean, they were famously in grad school together. They sure were. And and Meryl got all the good parts, and Sigourney yeah. had to play all the old ladies. Yikes! You know, bring them yeah. back together like a decade later. And so, th- so then would Sigourney be having to play Louise, the ostensibly like older one? To <laughs> Meryl, Meryl's like, I'm just a prim, dainty I little just, baby. I just have all this hair. <laughs> Sigourney's like. Put it up. I mean, Sigourney's hair is closer to Susan Sarandon, which just yes, says we all know that that's the most important curls. thing in casting. Hair acting, look, 
I is get a it. very strong component. I get it. There, you know, there's a lot of, of they're in a convertible. The hair is important. The hair acting of Gina Davis in the morning after scene oh does gosh. so much of the work for her. It's an, it's del- such what delightful bedhead. Truly, like the uh, way yeah. that they styled her that day was like chef's kiss. Oh, I know. Instead, in 1991, Meryl Streep was doing "Defending Your Life," which I've watched. Oh, also, right. a movie I've seen a bajillion times. I've seen her it once with you, Albert Brooks. I love, I love, love, love "Defending Your Life." It's real charming. So charming. Uh, Diane Keaton was considered. Oh. Which I see I get. that, but I think of a younger Diane Keaton as more of a Thelma. She just got that lovely that. daffy quality to her. Yeah, she's also someone that reads such like New York, yes. East Coast energy. Well, and that's also because like the films that we came to know her most strongly from are The Godfather and Annie Hall. Probably yeah. like yeah. it's hard to remove those from our brains. Yeah, this I just don't see rural living on diane key and there might be roles of hers that i'm just not thinking of uh or that i'm just not not as familiar with um the way i don't know if that's maybe maybe that's only to me but for me sissy spacek feels like the world diane keaton they have a certain similarity to me where it's just like oh but there's certain like i definitely buy sissy spacek as as well yeah like yeah from a farm totally i mean won that oscar for coal miner's daughter that's why i'm thinking that yeah (laughs) never saw it but that's why i'm thinking um barbara streisand was considered instead of doing the best picture nominee 1991's prince of tide which she, she also directed, directed and started and she does it all she also sang the theme because of if, if you're there she did you're gonna do it <laughs> if you're there um, you're gonna do it uh yeah, look, barbara streisand is a fantastic actor like you know i think we, we've made a bit of a more of a joke of her today than she deserves to be but i i, I don't know it's hard for me to see that I'll, I mean, I'll say I've not actually seen Prince of Tides. I'm not as familiar with her as an actor. So I don't mean to make it sound like I'm mocking her. No, I don't think you are. Oh, okay. I'm saying we culturally like now. Oh, I thought you meant we to... us today no, 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 in this no, 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 in this episode. No, I was like, oh. I think it's easier to like people. It's easy well, to make a Prince of Tides joke. You know, well, I think it's especially easy it. to make a mirror has two faces joke. Mirror has two faces jokes about her basement. All stuff that's like. You know, perfectly. That's fine. But she but does. She's got an Oscar for Funny Girl. Yeah, she's brilliant in that. Have you seen Funny Girl? I have not. Have you seen also down to watch What's it. Up, Doc? I've not. Also, one I'd love. I've seen bits and pieces on YouTube that are yeah. so funny. Seen, I'd love to watch. Um, I'd love have to. you seen The Way We Were? No. So you ha- you've not actually seen like classic. That's Barbara. what I'm saying. I've not. Yeah. So that I is what I'm like, saying. To me, I'm thinking young Barbara actually is a better Thelma um because i'm also more familiar with that era of of barbara um because similar to liza she she has just like a lot of energy that can that can be used to comedic effect to siphon off and like like she's got too much to like channel it cleanly which she does more like the actor is channeling it cleanly but it looks like the character is a mess you know um i'm i'm interested but uh, I, I'd be very interested to see her and Liza paired together oh my during God. this movie. That Could one. you, um, Liza Minnelli and, and Barbara, Barbara Streisand are Thelma, Thelma and, and Louise. Louise. So yeah, is would the theme song? It would just be a theme song that for them to duet on that would go over the credits instead of a big line dancing sequence. It'd be like a karaoke bar. Oh, that line dancing sequence. Yeah, you're right. It w- yeah, it would be them doing karaoke. Oh, uh, just man. singing a duet, of course. Uh, it, it would have to be some kind of yeah, some kind of version of musical. Where it's just them singing. They're them each taking turns singing songs on the soundtrack. That's all the songs in the soundtrack are just them singing. Oh man, yes, <laughs> it would be. <laughs> yeah uh yeah yeah so what an eclectic this might be one of our most eclectic groups of actors mm-hmm. for these two roles because like 
like Diane Keaton, Barbara Streisand, or Meg Ryan. I knew she was going to be of up course. for it. I, I mean, would have thought the, tis the time. More I would have thought more of a Thelma. Thelma. 100%. Yeah. Just she had 1991. In, in, as Sally in When Harry Met when Sally. Harry met Sally yeah. Very Thelma energetically. Very yeah, young. Yeah. Young in, in the way that she like deals with things, you know? Yeah. It's, you know, I, I just uh, don't I don't see think it for she's going to bring the, the, no. the depth required. No. And once again, just the pendulum swinging so wildly, Vanessa Redgrave was considered. Ooh, now that I'm into. I mean, what an actor. What an incredible actor. Yeah. Instead, in 1991, she was doing a, I don't know if you knew this existed, a TV remake of Whatever Happened to Baby Jane with lynn redgrave as jane her actual sister her actual sister holy crap <laughs> i did not know this i will be texting my brother immediately upon <laughs> the uh, film the recording being done um wow i wonder if i can find that and watch we it immediately see. it could be on youtube or something we can find we can find yeah. out um but regardless i that is clearly something that was lost to the sands yeah. of time oh. the fact that neither of us had ever heard that that existed yeah, totally. um, she's so good at everything she's so, uh, uh, vanessa she's, incredible, incredible and also performer. like super tall just like so commanding yeah. Ooh, yeah i'm into it yeah why not why not uh deborah winger was considered also someone i kind of like better as a thelma i think it's I don't even really Yeah, I don't know. think you've seen her in no. anything. I know this actor you've definitely seen in things, though. Catherine O'Hara was considered I think for of her. Louise. She, I think, could, especially at that point in her career, could could easily swing either way, depending on who else was cast. Yeah. I love Catherine O'Hara. As we know, everyone knows, she's so, so funny, but also just, like, heartbreaking. Like, I'm yeah. her in Home Alone. Like, yeah. that is actually... A heartbreaking performance, yeah. you know, but also hilarious. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. is perfect for this film for either role. Yeah, I would love it. It's similar to Joan Cusack. It's like, I wish Catherine O'Hara, I mean, it's one thing, yeah, she's doing Shit's Creek, she's winning Emmys or whatnot, but yeah. it's not the same as having like that meaty dramedy role. Totally, but I do feel like Shit's Creek has really like elevated her. Uh, Absolutely. not positioned in people's minds but a lot more people are now aware of her than were before other than like oh, oh she's sure. mom from home alone like people who didn't watch christopher guest movies growing up like all yeah. the theater nerds right, right. um uh, i'm i'm thrilled because also she's so screamingly oh, she's so funny good. uh renee russo was also considered for louise mm-hmm. i kind of like her better as a thelma bet midler was considered so funny because i was just thinking of beaches which i've not seen um because of our instagram game we were playing for the, the episode that's dropping this week and i was reminded when google image searching when i was thinking of this barbara and liza situation that <laughs> in the lifetime movie remake of beaches um which happened very recently adina menzel oh, is in it i was like my God. oh dear oh dear oh adina dear. and who is adina the Bette Midler role. She's I singing you what I don't know. The Wind Beneath My Wings. Well, I doubt that they're actually using that song. I bet they're singing other things. I would be shocked if they were not using that song. But when I was looking for songs to put underneath the Instagram story, I was just like, Beach's soundtrack. And Bette sings like the whole soundtrack. <laughs> it's it's VV, you know, Babs. Oh, sure, um, sure. Yeah, maybe it's maybe it's Streisand and Midler. <laughs> Streisand and Midler. Uh, sure, why not? Yeah, Midler and said she was doing, in 1991, she was doing For the Boys, which got her her second acting oh. Oscar nomination. But Midler is very good. I, I don't see her do this kind of thing that yeah. often, but she's she's an excellent yeah. actor. Yeah. Helen Mirren was considered. In 
Interesting. I don't know what her American accent is like. I don't know either. I'm trying to think offhand if I. But she's she's someone with man like also in I mean, fairy tale theater incredible actor um, of course in a, she sim- is. a same episode as barbara <laughs> hershey i'm just saying um uh, but or is it yeah barbara hershey plays one of the the sisters of the little mermaid um <laughs> not the little mermaid though that's pam dauber step back everybody okay. so anyway listener i am stepping back <laughs> but <laughs> helen mirren is someone who is always like had such like a spine of steel which i think is great for louise that's what i'm saying yeah Yeah. like there's this interview with her and oh my gosh she was a really famous guy uh uh, interviewer in like the the 70s and he like asks her some kind of sexist question and she's like playing with this like feather or something that she's got right she's like dressed all in black and she's just like very casually just like takes him down and it's like that's the energy we want yeah it's pretty much just being like oh do you worry about not being taken seriously as an actor because of your big boobs yes yes <laughs> it doesn't literally say right. like that but he might as well and she's yeah. just, just being like, like, like that but more who cares uh, more what are you what are you talking about yeah uh, oh if you're a uh, big knockers <laughs> <laughs> there we go um but yeah regardless it's they're so well cast Gina Davis and yeah. Susan and it's so hard. Although, I mean, if they if they were not available, that Goldie Hawn, Meryl Streep. Now Sounds we're talking. Good. Now we're talking. Sounds good. Um, so real quick, let's talk about Jimmy. Uh, Amy Joe, your thoughts on Michael Madsen? Who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? We've gotten a bit into him, um, and also say real quick that originally Ridley Scott wanted him to play Harlan, the oh that attempted sounds rapist, great, that... and he turned that down. He didn't want to play that, and then he wound up getting cast as Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, I think he would have been better as Harlan, maybe. I mean, I don't mind maybe. him as Jimmy. Yeah. What I like as Harlan is that clearly he's such a creep, but he's not like Michael Madsen comes up. Yeah, like, you're hey, so little right. lady. You're so right. <sighs> Sorry. He, I've smoked all, every cigarette in the world. Like, you know, it's not going to go great with Harlan, but it is a surprise. When, like, as soon as they, like, start to leave, you're like, oh, no. This, oh, no. But, like, yeah. while they're in the bar, you're like, oh, this guy. Like, you've. He's not. Yeah, you've met as a menacing of these guys. as Michael Madsen. Yes. You're so right. Be. You're so right. Um, Yeah, I, I like him. I kind of don't care about him as much as I do just about everyone else in the movie. I agree. Um, He's just not as indelible to me. All the other yeah. performances are just like, wow. I always just find Michael Madsen a little postury. It's all just like here's sure. here's me just looking. I like do think real that kind of works for this character, cool. yeah. Especially someone who's like a musician. I almost said magician. <laughs> oh my god, hundred <laughs> percent. You know what? I think I think all the problems I have with that scene would be fixed if he was a ma- amateur magician who was constantly the, on the road. The ring pulls the ring out of a hat. Out of a hat. Oh, 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 let me move uh, these bunnies out of the way. These doves. Oh, because uh, oh, he has the rose. The you oh, know, got the that rose, rose just like yep. appears out of nowhere. I think now we're, we're fixing talking. This character. So as Jimmy David Blaine, <laughs> um, but yeah, David I, mean, I think it, it kind of works that he's a little like, you know, he's also like trying to like make up for like he senses that she he's sure, losing yeah. her, so it's like suddenly I, I care, you know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I don't have a, like a ton of thoughts. I thought like, uh, like a Colin Farrell type, someone yeah. who it's like. Yeah, you get that you're someone who's going to throw something across the room, but also you get the appeal. Like, you kind of right. get why she's bothered to stay with you, you know? I'm thinking also of him and, like, Saving Mr. Banks, which is, like, I was like, oh, oh yeah. wow, you got, oh, okay, Colin, okay. <laughs> um, I have, not in 1991, obviously, but I have, like, Ethan Hawke. Similarly, someone who you're like, I yeah. buy that you're kind of just, like, 
I don't really want to be around you that much, but also like I get that he's a good enough actor. You know? Oh, absolutely. And then I have uh, Clive Owen as Root and Toot and oh, Russell. Oh, as Root and Toot and Russell? Yeah. Oh. I think it'd be a real hoot. <laughs> For our listeners sure. who haven't listened to Inside sure. Man. Uh, I, I, I wanted, because I like that he's younger than sure. Louise, that he is a full 11 years younger than yeah. Susan Sarandon at this time. Um, So I wanted just a little more i would i would have done bill paxton to someone that you feel oh. that you feel a little more to that he's got like that southern that. sensibility he's, he brings he's bringing that to the table he's and Texas. i can buy him as kind of he already reached me as like failed musician you see he's oh he's a musician you're like oh no he's a failed musician yes but he's just like out trying to make it and a certain hangdog quality to him that i, like I can just see like oh you're just a bit of a dope bill paxton like you don't get it like don't propose to me that's not what i want like what, what are you what are you even talking about why wanted. did you show up i did right and now i don't yeah because instead the one other person that was up for this was chris christopherson who's 54 at the time of this oh. um but it's like, yeah, so you're getting, that's a much different, like, old Chris Chris, uh, Chris Christopherson, who, I mean, speaking of Bette Midler, he was in that 70s version of A Star is Born, where he's just, like, grizzled, oh. long-haired, bearded Chris Christopherson, like, I'm here strumming my guitar. I mean, he brings being a musician to the table already. Yeah. But with that, you're getting, it's interesting, because then it's like, they're both older, him much more so. Now, he's the one that's, like, a decade older than Susan mm-hmm. Sarandon, of, like, oh, the whatever, the... The guy that just never grew up and is like, I'm off gallivanting around and now I realize I'm losing you and it's now it's too late. Um, I don't know. Or like maybe someone like a Sam Shepard talking about True West. Ooh. I think would also be be interesting. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I, there's something about this character in this subplot within the film that doesn't quite click with me and i feel like it's mainly michael madsen but i don't know exactly what it is that needs to click it into place and that's just my opinion you guys maybe you guys out there love michael madsen and you thought he was so handsome and dreamy and you love that broken glass cigarette voice uh will arnett in the musical comedy version Actually, a hundred percent, in the animated Thelma and Louise. Oh, sure, in the an- yes, BoJack Horseman as as Jimmy. Yes, yes. Uh, sure. I mean, yeah, Amy Sedaris, Princess Carolyn as uh as Louise, Come and on. and Diana as Thelma. I feel like they maybe if they hadn't, they should have done an episode actually, you know what? spoofing Thelma and Louise with Diana, I, Princess Carolyn. I didn't write it down, but I did have like I was doing like a Shit's Creek casting of this movie. I've been like, okay, if we have Catherine here, and then you know Eugene Levy can play the Hal, and oh, uh, yeah. you know I was just yeah. like going through. And like, it, I was like, it doesn't quite work, but I, I also love it. But I was like, oh, you could have, you have Catherine O'Hare, and then you could have, uh, what's her name? We play Stevie, maybe as, as uh, oh, Thelma, you know? I like that. Yeah, it's good. It's I good. take that. Yeah. It might not be another one-to-one situation. No? But... Uh, <laughs> I'm shocked. Um, but speaking of how, let's keep talking about uh, how. Amy, tell your thoughts on Harvey Keitel, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I thought... He was so wonderful in this. Yeah. It's an interesting role. We talked a lot about it last night after we watched it. Where it's just because you don't see him. You see him mainly with the men that he is talking to about the women. Yeah. So you see him interviewing witnesses. All these other cops. Yeah. You bef- see and him like, as, before yeah. you actually like get his opinion on anything. Like so, you think like, is this guy kind of like? writing them off and being like a sexist jerk or is he just doing his job and trying to make this idiot daryl comfortable enough to talk about stuff you know and so i was i was intuiting it was the latter but then to actually see him like being like well what choice do they have i don't think these are bad women i was very pleasantly surprised i was like i don't expect to get this much 
sympathy from Harvey Keitel. Yes, and also it's Harvey Keitel, yeah. who I know best from Sister Act. Yeah. You know? <laughs> With a gun in a nun's yes. face. But he's putting so, guns at nuns. Guns at nuns. <laughs> but like him, like talking when he's talking to JD uh, at the at the station, he's like, yeah. "Do you think they would have robbed a convenience store if you hadn't stolen all their money?" Like in a way yeah. that was just very. I mean, he's also just, like, doing his job, you know, which is, like, you play different tactics to get different things out of people. But it's also, like, I got the sense that he really, like... Really felt for the situation yeah, that Thelma Louise I were really in. Liked. Yeah, which I really I mean, oh, it's I maybe agree. some copaganda, but I, I oh, also well, this just, is true. like, I, um... Well, the fact that all the other cops, like, were, didn't care. I think and that's, that, like, I, why I kind of, like, don't... At, at the mind. end, you know, he showed up. So, so now they've crossed state, state lines, lines yeah. but he's shown up from Oklahoma, and it doesn't even get to... He's like, oh, yeah, you're not talking to them. No, we're just yeah. gonna go get... You know, Stephen Tobolowski is like, we're just going to get him. Uh, oh, you don't. I, that, that shocked me that that was Stephen Tobolowski. Tobolowski it just yeah. doesn't look like him at all. I was like, it did not. It was mildly terrifying. Um, um, but yeah, I think he's really, really lovely. My yeah. other thoughts are mainly like people who, t- like, I have two guys who are going to be no surprise mm-hmm. when you think of like, well, who plays Southern people uh-huh. who are maybe a bit grizzled and some of them mm-hmm. have played uh, cops? Tommy Lee Jones and Jeff yeah. Bridges. Uh, yeah, the, absolutely. Great picks. Thank Great you. picks all around. Uh, the other two that came to mind for me, it was also just people, yeah, with, with that level of authority where you're like, oh, is this hard ass coming in that's going to just F things up for these girls? And you're like, oh, you actually care. Surprising. Mm-hmm. Chris Cooper Ooh. or Lawrence Fishburne. Ooh, I love it all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Harvey Keitel was in, which I'd forgotten this, he was in Ridley Scott's very first film, The Duelists, which is the film he made before uh, The Duelists, the Duelists uh, which, uh, yeah, reuniting, which I thought was really cool. Uh, as we'd said, big year for Keitel is one and only as yet Oscar nomination the same year in 91. Uh, only other actor up for Hal, Bo Bridges. Oh, so you were very close. That's with hilarious. But they couldn't afford Jeff Bridges, clearly. So they went for his brother, we Bo gotta, we Bridges. We got to go discount Jeff. Discount Jeff, who, uh, yeah. He it's was... like going for William Baldwin. Oh, I know. But he was coming off of uh, the fabulous Baker Boys with mm-hmm. his brother, Jeff, and uh, and Michelle Pfeiffer, mm-hmm. funnily enough. Uh, so he was like definitely in terms of like, what, was he in stuff at this point? Because yeah. it always feels like, I'll see Bo Bridges pop up and I feel bad, but it's always like, ah, oh, Jeff Bridges' brother. <laughs> hey. You know, and then um, who's fine, but we're just I've, I've he's been great in all the things I've seen. But uh, Harvey Keitel, because he reads Bro Bridges to read to me, reads a little and same, I think, with Jeff Bridges, reads a little like already. I'm like, oh, he's gonna they're gonna have some sympathy, yes, for sure. Whereas, like with Tommy Lee Jones, as you said, or I mean, with or Harvey, Harvey Keitel, yeah. y- it's a nice surprise. You, re- I really did not yeah. see that coming. I really thought it was gonna be like maybe he would grow to learn some facts and mm-hmm. be like oh maybe these women are or whatever but he's always he's right from the beginning he's like okay he's also like really friendly with that waitress like clearly has yeah. a, a relationship with her because it's like a yeah. small town you know you know and like just they they're joking and jo- like he just seems like oh, yeah. a human and not like just some jerk but i don't know i liked him a lot uh, and finally we have jd amy joe your thoughts on that if only he had gone on to any other film, but his only film, Brad Pitt, yeah. is that how you pronounce it? Uh, Brad, I believe it's Pete. Brad Pete. Brad Pete. There's two T's, so I don't know if it was like Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Pitt. Brad Pitt. Uh, and, and who would you cast if you had a cast? Someone else. Um, I think he's great. I mean, it's... It's like no wonder people are like that guy this, put this guy in this guy. everything put him in things look at that body look at that smile he lights up the screen look, look at how that, he wears a hat look at that swagger he can wear a hat 
heavens, even when it's covered in rain. I loved, I loved the way it became like a funnel, yeah. like for rain. He's just like, oh, shucks. Just knocking on Shindipus' door, just Thelma. like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll get out of your hair then. Uh, She's I'll like, just, are uh, you kidding? No, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, yeah, I, I totally get I mean, his lines, it's just like one after the other that's just like howlingly great when it's just like whatever it is Gina davis is like so you, oh you're a thief and it's like well, i don't know darling because uh you're, you're the one stealing my heart right now oh my it's gosh just like, I, that. I blocked that immediately because i was like Ugh. but in a great way <laughs> like, yes yeah oh man <sighs> i don't know ma'am jeez i mean um, a whole monologue of him yeah with, as you said with the oh, hair dryer so- Funny. going through and then, of course, how he have, robs the place you think this is another thing of an example of like how the screenplay is so tight is that you think it's just setting up he's going to steal their money but he does that but then sets up her doing that later like it's just does so the screenplay managed to do so yeah. many things at once without you realizing what information you're ingesting in addition to it being a really charming turn yeah. and just a funny thing yeah makes so much out of his limited screen time absolutely um, Although we both, I really did not expect him to come back. Although it made so much sense that he did to then be in, yeah. like interrogated, interrogated by yeah. Harvey Keitel and to see Christopher McDonald as oh. Daryl Jim Davis's husband. Which can we take a moment to talk? About I like your wife. <laughs> I mean, it's just the contrast between the two of them. You're like, yeah, no wonder. Oh. <laughs> Poor Gina Davis. Poor Thelma. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I wrote first. And I don't think this is entirely true, so I amended it later. But mm-hmm. I wrote, anyone hot who smiles nicely. Because oh. to a certain extent, that's all the role really requires. like uh, Just like at its base level as a plot device to get from A to B. Kind of like how Harlan is also a plot device, you know? Yeah. But it helps <laughs> when he is like... A more dynamic So dynamic, performer. so charming. Yeah. Um, and you... I don't know. It, it, it's just also really fun to see them together. They're so like that. This is the sequence where, where they're cutting back and forth between like Susan Sarandon and Michael Madsen having like a very serious conversation. And then it cuts back to Gina Davis and Brad Pitt, like slapping each other's hands, doing that hand slapping right. game. It's just like, are we in fifth grade? But it, it sets yeah. it all up so well, but they both have, I mean, he's so young. He's yeah. He, I really, he was uh, 27, 27 at the time. of this. Not even as young as I would have thought based on how he looks compared to like how we know him now, but like it really was giving me flashbacks to watching Romeo and Juliet and being like shocked at seeing Leo this young, even Leo, though yeah. I had seen that movie and this, I have seen pictures of young Brad Pitt, but it was just like, wow, like what a cherubic little baby <laughs> face. Um, so I have, a, a couple of thoughts oh for for one thing when i was looking up brad pitt for this i didn't realize he's from oklahoma which makes oh, so much sense in so sense. far as like yeah. oh yeah you just like can like i know that he he his accent guy is like tim monica who's like one of the big accent guys so oh. like i know that he like works with yeah one of the top people um but also it's like well you you know this and these people would be my assumption you know which is why it also sits really nicely on him yeah so you need someone who is very charming but also like you can believe this kind of like we were talking about can this person shake off this northeast energy you know so i have like a very young bradley cooper you know i'm just like he could just like sing i see that tell me something yeah. girl <laughs> oh exactly if you had him with the beard and the hair from stars born but back in during wet hot yes. american summer yes. age he needs Bradley the beard Cooper. yeah but yeah then it's like oh yeah 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 
Yeah, I, I could totally see that. And we know he's very funny from having seen this is true. Sweat Hammer and Summer and other things. Summer. It's like, yeah. it would work really well. I think yeah. he's very charming I and dynamic. Um, this is obviously an incredibly different era, but like baby Paul Newman. Oh, absolutely. Someone you're just like, who oh, yeah. is that? Yes, who Look is this? Look at that face. Va, va, boom. Yeah. Let's put him in the back of my car, please. And thank you. <laughs> Wrap it up. Wrap it up, sir. And then this is a more obscure uh, person. Uh, but Billy Magnuson, who, oh, yeah. uh, if you're not uh, familiar with theater, he he was one of the princes in the Into the Woods movie. And he was Cato Kalin in the uh, O.J. Simpson. He's also the white guy in Aladdin. You know what I didn't see was Aladdin. He yeah, was so he's pretty that. easy and to spot. He's going to be in this new Bond film. Oh, so good he, for he's him. doing okay, that Billy Magnuson. Billy but... Magnuson, uh, I first saw him in Vanya and Sonia and Mosh and Spike. On Broadway. I saw it when it was off Broadway. Oh, you saw it I'm... on Broadway because mm, you're cool. classy. I'm cool. Um, but he plays this kind of like dumb, hot guy yeah. who's like auditioning for Entourage 2. It's so funny. It's so <laughs> stupid. But he, I've just, I, I have not laughed that hard at a performance in in a long time it's like christian borrell maybe is someone else who like i've seen on stage and been like i don't understand annalee ashford these are people yeah. i've seen i'm like i don't understand how you're that funny um but it's also just like he's so physical and very charming you're like i yeah. kind of can't stand you and yeah. yet i'm obsessed <laughs> with you and that's what you want in this part Definitely. so i do no, think that's that, like, great that's so young billy magnuson ace's yeah. choice for this that's great yeah another person to be like uh of the chris's chris pine yeah um just thinking of him in wonder woman uh there's just a certain like he just has a, yes, i just find yes. him very charming totally. i think that he can do the kind of like oh yep you're gonna it's the other prince them. into the woods uh and he's yep, yes exactly he's the, the cinderella's yeah. prince yeah. uh right no i definitely did think like any of the chrises for this and then i just didn't think that hard about it because i got confused on them but i i agree right. i think chris pine is an excellent choice yeah but even more than hemsworth evans or pratt thinking of like the shirtless with a hair dryer going through howie robs yes. banks i i could see i think chris pine would be good absolutely uh, gina davis is the one who ultimately picked brad pitt which i thought was that's rad. good to let and, uh, the yeah. actor who has to also like do the yeah. sex scene but also like have control of the situation until she doesn't like yeah. let her pick yeah now oh he was not originally cast originally cast was william baldwin who had I mean, to what i know uh, what i know I've amy you're on fire, you're on william fire today. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> yes you've never even thought about him as a human being in, no. in your life only when you were like god william baldwin's brother is here trying to pitch me on his religion while i'm just trying to hawk coffees at starbucks <laughs> i'm like i i loved usual suspects when i was in middle school or right. so high school Stephen so baldwin, i know Stephen. i well but yeah Billy baldwin, trying, and then you, that's yeah. why when he came and like yeah. tried to give me but william baldwin i don't no, i don't know if not. i saw him on the street that i would recognize him well you would because you'd be like god that guy looks like alec baldwin yes i'm sure that's true <laughs> you're like god that looks like if alec baldwin had brian darcy james eyebrows <laughs> Just wow. Thick, okay. Thick that eyebrows. Very clear picture. And a bit of a, it's a bit leaner, although maybe not in 2020. 2020. Um, but he had to drop out because he was cast in Backdraft with Kurt Russell, oh my which gosh. there's like, you know, all these YouTube compilations of like famous actors before they were famous auditioning for roles they did not get. Uh-huh. Um, and you see Brad Pitt's audition for Backdraft where <laughs> he didn't get it. And then Billy Baldwin, 
he didn't get either and then billy wall was like oh i'm gonna drop out and do backdraft instead and open the door for brad wow. pitt to be able to do all Thelma i know Louise. backdraft from continuing to speak of Catherine o'hare and chris guest movies is like how often it's referenced in waiting for Gunsman. oh of course so like that's my only <laughs> knowledge of backdraft is how much they make fun of it oh, waiting for guffman it all goes back to Catherine o'hare i think all roads all lead. and all should <laughs> If Duh. the road doesn't go back to Catherine O'Hara, Gina Davis, or Joan Cusack, then what you're are we wrong. doing here, people? You're on the wrong road. You're on the wrong road. You're taking the road less traveled for no good reason. Look, I mean, last night, after we finished this movie, we put on Home Alone. We like, did. all roads lead. All roads lead to, to Home Alone O'Hara. if you try hard enough. <laughs> uh, Johnny Depp turned it down, which I did makes think of him. so much sense to me of I this d- this era. I feel like it was a lot of, like, Johnny Depp and Brad Pitt. I feel like they were... I would imagine they were up for a lot of similar roles. Yeah. But the, as we can see by what they then chose to do later on yeah. like i think johnny depp probably was like i, I don't want it this is not Abs- for me whereas brad pitt not. is like yeah this looks like fun right yeah johnny depp was like i just finished edward scissorhands what part what do you what makes you think i would want i want exactly. to do please cover me with more goop cover me with more makeup and I prosthetics and weird hair i'm brad the Pitt's closest like, thing he let does me take him. off all my goop <laughs> all my goop all my clothes hey yeah the closest johnny depp comes to playing this part is in shock a lot Yes, Chuck a lot. Apparently, I've never seen, but he plays. There's some movie uh, where he thinks he's Don Juan, and it's like Marlon mm. Brando is his therapist, is trying to like is it break Casanova? him. Is that I, no? I think it's called like Don Juan DeMarco. Okay, okay. Um, might be based on a play? Question uh. mark. Anyway, uh, but I, I can see that. Uh, Christian Slater. He is on my short list as like that yeah. seems like a very natural choice. Thinking of him, Heather's era. I, well, Slater also because the like... name is JD, that's why I initially thought. Oh sure, it's the same characters yeah. oh, and Heather. I was course. like, and then I was like, oh, actually, it's not a stupid choice. That actually makes sense. I just think Brad Pitt is a wildly better choice for this. I, I agree. Uh, just also yeah. because Christian Slater reads so much darker energetically, you know, yeah. like much more like a few years later, cast him as Jimmy. You know. Yeah, I I see that. Yeah, I'm trying to think he of Christian have, Slater like, the, like uh, to me the ebullience that Brad Pitt or the, the certain good old boyness yeah, no. that Brad Pitt brings to it. That Christian Slater is not. I'm trying to think of him as like a southerner in a I just anything. Thought, I, it came to mind when you were talking about YouTube compilations of auditions, <laughs> but of Christian Slater's audition for Mamma Mia. Christian Slater's? Yes. No, Chris Klein's audition for oh. Mamma Mia. Chris Klein of American Pie fame oh. singing horrendously another chris to confuse me i'm sad and christian is abbreviated to chris i think we can all understand how i got there oh chris later we can all understand it but we've traveled down as as we've said this road did not lead us to Catherine o'hara Joan Cusack, so, Judy Davis. so you're on the wrong road. road you're on a road that led us to chris klein being mixed Yikes. up with christian slater so Yikes. let's back up on that road and oh now this road is alec baldwin was up for jd uh which what Alec Baldwin was up for JD. What do you want me to say? Billy, his brother, Billy Baldwin was, and, his, <laughs> and Alec was. <laughs> Didn't mean to accuse you. It really was. It's like, how, like, why would you say that, Jeff? Why would you say Alec Baldwin was up for JD? What do you want me to say? When he um, was up for JD. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess, like, Working Girl had, like, just happened, and he was, like, hot working and young girl and was, stupid yeah, Working and Girl that. was three years before, so he's a little, you know. But I think of Alec Baldwin even in the early 90s, and I'm like, no, he's already graduated to Stanley Kowalski. He is not playing... This this role is essentially the young newspaper salesman in, uh, in yes thank sure. you sure, sure, the sure, young sure. collector is right the role. Uh, well I mean if you had if you had a Miss J T you would reunite him and Jim Davis's sizzling Beetlejuice chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> 
say at one point while we were watching it, you're like, I can't get over how different this is from Beetlejuice. Just thinking like... Oh, of Gina Davis's yeah. performance specifically, yes. not not the not movie the Thelma and Louise. God, Thelma and wow. Louise is so different from Beetlejuice. Not what I expected. There's not one example, <laughs> there's not one moment of Beetlejuice not in this Not one film. sandworm in this entire desert. There's not one sandworm. And they're in the desert. Where are the sandworms, Come people? on. It's just logic. Um, I thought this movie was Thelma and Louise and Beetlejuice. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Oh, Michael Keaton as uh, Daryl. Yeah. Winona Ryder is a Thelma, like a few years a few hey, years later. You know? I think, yeah. It Maybe it is a one-to-one. Maybe it is a one-to-one. Maybe Beetlejuice is the one-to-one? Who knew? I don't know. Who knew? Anyway. Anyway, that shocks me. I don't back think of road. Alec yeah. Baldwin and Brad Pitt as being anywhere near the same age or type. Well, no and no. But similar to like some of the varying no, ages totally. of people up for Thelma and Louise. They, they were they were me. considering a lot of different things, which then your JD Clearly. is well then your JD is like it's not just like, yeah, some young drifter that's like, oh, yeah. this kid is like just robbing a liquor store to liquor store. Then you kinda have yeah, there's like more of I don't know, it's just more like, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a man. Like I'm a real manly Alec manly Baldwin. Grifter. Big hairy Alec Baldwin uh and you're getting something different it's not that it doesn't work but no, if no, no, he was you're supposed totally to be right. like yeah you you do not have the cowboy hat on alec baldwin <laughs> no that's the thing too is like i think alec baldwin playing an it <laughs> playing like an italian american from staten island in working girl perfect. makes sense that is exactly mm-hmm. where he should be stanley kowalski at least is in the South, but he's like, maybe not from New Orleans, you know, like, that's fine. Alec Baldwin is some good old boy, drifter grifter. Yeah, old drifter grifter, old Alec Baldwin. Drifter, it's grifter. not fit like a glove. Wow. Uh, no, but moving on, Tom Cruise was considered. That which makes sense to me. I, got, I feel like he's too big at this point. He's already got an Oscar nomination for uh, Born on the Fourth of July. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like he's a little too... Yeah, I think Big that is a small role. one of the things that is great about having the women being so much more famous than any of the men, other yeah. than Harvey Keitel, who they're not even in a True. scene with, right. you know, um, is you get, I mean, other than the phone, you know, but like you get the benefit of it truly feeling like their story, even though like later on yeah. Brad Pitt comes to be very, very famous. It's right. It's not. Oh, look, here's this like super famous person walking yeah. in here. Because also, it just is different how people will treat you on set. You know, it just, I think all yeah. of that can show in the final product. And in this, it's like the most famous people are playing the people that we are centering in the story, you know? Yeah. And the person who is like on the outside trying to figure it out, you know? Uh, and Definitely. I think that that works really well. I agree. I absolutely agree. Uh, thank goodness it wasn't this guy. Scott Baio was considered. Well, Susan Sarandon shown herself to be fairly problematic as well, yeah. but like not like Scott not Baio. Not like Scott Baio. Yeah. yeah. He had just finished Charles in Charge, which ended in 1990. I watched it a lot as a youth. And instead of doing J.D. and Thelma and Louise, Scott Baio in 1991 was starring in a show called Baby Talk for 23 episodes that, as far as I could tell, featured Tony Danza as the voice of a baby. And that was the show's wow. premise. Was well, a baby that talks like Tony speaking Danza. Speaking of Alec Baldwin, we've seen you know that that the boss kind baby, of thing can have a which successful a, the, life. You'll you'll be so glad to hear this, Amy Joe. The trailer dropped for the Boss Baby Two Back in Business, or maybe this. I think actually the Netflix show is called Boss Baby Back in Business. Maybe this is just Boss Baby Two. Still Boston, still two two Boss Two Baby. I feel like my face is melting off, like, just having to listen to this. Although, I'm just glad she's getting the paycheck. Uh, Amy Sedaris is, like, the new baby. She's the new, she's the boss baby. We love, 
we lo- put Amy Sedaris in charge of everything. Yeah, put her in charge. Um, so I'm glad she's making that boss baby money, but uh, it won't be my money. No. <laughs> nope. Unless my niece and nephews force us to watch it at some point. It can't be worse than Cat in the Hat. Oh, I would be shocked if it was. There's no- I'd be shocked if anything was worse than Cat in the Hat. Uh, Sean Penn was considered for JD. Wow fascinating just yeah. thinking about dead man walking you know? i know i know but just thinking i was like oh right just it's so i don't know he just always to me looks like yeah he's gr- more grizzled older guy That's... sean penn opposed to when he was a baby and like you know fast times richmond high yeah. and like even in like the late 80s into early 90s stuff but i just uh... the thing one of the great things about casting brad pitt in this role is like you you totally get why they let him into the car they, they've just They've just shot a man yeah. for, like, endangering Gina Davis. Yeah. You know, like, so you're not just going to let anyone in the car. Right. You know, like, but someone who looks like a harmless, like, she makes these puppy noises when she's like, can we, you know, but it's yeah. like, you kind of want. He looks like a puppy. He looks like he a looks puppy. like, yeah, this is a dog on the side of the road where you're just like, we can't let this random stray dog in. But you're like, but yes. look at him. He's a stray a dog. He's just a little puppy. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. He's, he just looks like a little rascal. That rap and this he just looks like a little rascal. It's like, oh, he's yeah. not going to cause trouble. That's he's just a little I think rascal. Why I thought Billy Magnuson, because you're just yeah. like, there's something you're like, you're just a little rascal. You, you never think danger from Brad Pitt's no. character. At most, you're just like, he's going to rob you if you yeah. don't. But he's not going not to smarter, like. But you never hurt them. exactly. You never think like, oh, he's someone that, or or even like he's someone that's going to learn that they're wanted for murder, and maybe at worst he would try to turn them in to get he's a reward. He's just opportunistic. But even that doesn't yeah. feel like something he would do. Really, just like I'm going to take the money and run. Sorry, darling. Woohoo! Yeah. and run away <laughs> yeah uh whereas yeah sean penn is like i'm not i'm not gonna trust to put a 1991 or any year sean penn in my car he'd get him out of here he, he can get walk alongside the car uh kevin bacon was considered oh okay that makes th- that that makes more sense to me he's at least someone who just reads more affably than sean penn does i agree i agree and i've seen him in a cowboy hat and i believe yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly george clooney auditioned five times because wow. this is before yeah er and yeah. like because he'd been in you know that i i facts can of life see that for and sure. roseanne bef- like yeah. just grinding on doing tv for years and years and years yeah um when she, gina davis happened to be seated next to george clooney on a flight over 20 years after the movie's release wow and during the course of idle conversation clooney mentioned that he'd read with her for the part of jd but she regretfully had to admit that she had no recollection oh. of his audition five times i guess i would have to assume only one of those times was alongside gina Probably. davis because could you imagine if it was oh well you know we, we did read five separate occasions yeah. together for but this also, one role she's reading with a ton of people yeah but if you're reading five times with one guy you yeah, feel like by that point then you're in the last yeah, yeah, few yeah. uh but yeah she did not remember yet yeah, er started in 94 in 91 he had an episode of roseanne and five episodes of baby talk starring scott bayo and Come tony danza on. <laughs> Now, this one shocked me. Shocked, I say. <laughs> Mark Ruffalo auditioned. Just in terms of when I'm like, when he was in things. But I remember hearing, because you can count on me in like 2000, the Kenneth Lonergan movie yeah. before Lenny was like his first like big thing. And he'd had a few small roles before that in the 90s. But I remembered some interview where he said that he had like something like just hundreds, hundreds of auditions. Yeah where he got booked nothing before he like booked his first thing. And I'm guessing this was one of those hundreds, but it's wild to me being like Mark Ruffalo in 1991. Wow. Well, he'd be quite young. 
he would be. He would be and like he's early twenties. You believe he has a scruffy charm about him. He sure does. He's also someone that like I can so see. You're like, oh yeah, he, we can trust this guy, this and guy's he's fine. robbed us. Yes, absolutely. But like you're like, oh, well, he wasn't gonna hurt me. You know, exactly. Like, I, yeah. I totally buy that. Yeah. Wow. But what does that do to Mark Ruffalo's career if he books this in ninety one? Well, and also if you're doing a role that like Brad Pitt still in in his however old he is now i think we would still say is considered a sex symbol you know yeah i wouldn't say that about mark ruffalo there is a certain i, I he, mark but ruffalo not, it will okay very dis- dissimilar to brad pitt but mark ruffalo is a full-blown uh daddy zaddy yes. amongst many a oh, lot no, of no, a lot no. of people no, no, no. online I, I understand that that would make, probably pick Mark Ruffalo well, over Brad Pitt. He also just feels more like a human, you know, True. in that way where you're like, well, yeah, I and might Mark Ruffalo actually... looks like a cuddler is what I'm saying. Oh, I see. I see. You're right. Brad Pitt's like, well, gotta go. Um, <laughs> and I've robbed you. I, I've stolen your money. Gotta go. Thanks, sugar. And Mark, um, yeah, Mark, that was it. Mark Ruffalo would be like, can I maybe not steal the money? Could I just like maybe be her boyfriend? Because <laughs> that'd, be the, that that'd be the nice thing to do. Um, um, and you're but, like, well, you're not the character, Mark Ruffalo. This isn't going to work but out. But like, I wonder how much that like we've talked about with like Sigourney and Meryl and Alien. Like if Meryl takes this super genre film, yeah. even if it's like critically acclaimed, yeah. does it shift what she does subsequently? Because that's how people see her. And if Mark Ruffalo is playing like some sexy hunk. I don't know if in 1991, for all I know, Mark Ruffalo was like jacked. Because no, we, I... we were talking like point break when I was like, oh, I think Jeff Bridges would be a good Bodie. And we were like, was Jeff Bridges ever in this shape? And after the fact, listener, I, if you Googled Jeff Bridges young, he looks like a straight up snack. He's like, <laughs> but he's cut to the gods. And he actually looks a little similar to Patrick Swayze in Point Break. Yeah. So I would not be surprised in 1991 if like no, totally. Mark Ruffalo had like, yeah, a six pack and whatnot. But, but then what then, does that do? Yeah. To that's his... what I'm saying. Does then he have to play these parts where he either has to break out of that? Mark or... Ruffalo yeah. in Interview with the Vampire and Meet Joe Black. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Of what that does to. Yeah. I don't know. Or if he then sticks around long enough to be the Mark Ruffalo we know and love today and Gruffalo. do these kinds of roles. Old Gruffalo. Uh, and finally, so before Brad Pitt and after uh, old Billy Baldwin, Robert Downey Jr. was then cast. Mm. But then Ridley Scott deemed him too short next to Gina Davis. Well. So he got the boot. That's real thing but not the boot with the lift in it he just got, he did not get the boots of the lift he, got, he got he got those boots to walk on over to the set of soap dish instead because that's oh. what he was doing in 91 and he's wonderful uh, in that film he is uh yeah which i mean seeing like the young robert denny jr and stuff like less than zero where he's like such an incredible which it is like who is this yeah who oh, is he's this performer screen. so electric so i think you definitely get absolutely that with him as j-day for sure yeah i'm i'm into it i think I buy Brad Pitt in the cowboy hat getup far absolutely, more readily. Absolutely. There is, there was some talk show where Robert Downey Jr. was talking about one of his first gigs was, I think he was either, he played Will or he was the understudy for Will in a tour of Oklahoma. So he was doing a bit of Kansas City and the tap dance that he had to learn for it because he still remembered his tap dance. So it was mainly just to be like, yeah. let's show off a tap dance. Yeah. Um, so that's the closest I've ever seen Robert Downey Jr. as a cowboy type. Uh, and, and Will uh, Parker's pushing it. Will Parker is pushing Musical it. theater cowboy. Musical theater cowboy. Unless you're playing Judd, I don't and Judd ain't even a cowboy. Judd ain't even a cowboy. He's a farmhand. He's a farmhand. Uh, yeah. So regardless, I think Brad Pitt, I mean, it makes so much sense. So yeah. good. Um, but those were all the characters that I found other casting options for. So before we move on, we're going to do a quick segment of passing chemistry. 
So if Gina Davis, Susan Sarandon, and Brad Pitt hadn't been available, mm-hmm. since there was only one other up for Harvey Keitel and Michael Madsen. Who needs it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but if those three, Gina Davis, Susan Sarandon, and Brad Pitt, hadn't been available, who of the actors considered do you think would have the best on-screen chemistry for Thelma, Louise, and J-Day? This is very hard. I don't honestly know. I kind of, I didn't think about this in advance. I kind of wanted to just wait because I had a feeling. Thank you, because I always have to this is true. wing it. This is true. Uh, but our conversation, I was wondered if, I thought our conversation might illuminate or make me think mm-hmm. differently. And I, I think it's because they were also package deal. I, I think Goldie Hawn and Meryl Streep are, is argue, such right? an incredible pairing. And then I'm like, okay, so with Goldie Hawn, of who of these guys and then you know what give them let them get them a little early on in that career bone maybe george clooney I, i'd be interested in that sure. george george clooney and goldie hahn i could i think that's that's some, an a-list team that sounds like some grade a chemistry to me okay for thelma i'm going jessica lang love it S- sticking with my yeah. thoughts yeah for louise i'm going francis mcdormand Ooh, yeah um and that's then great great parent oh, yeah come on i think they would actually be fabulous yeah um and then for jd I'm gonna go Christian Slater, Christian even Slater though I've Jessica said okay. I don't absolutely like love. Yeah. It. She is so like light and and yeah. just like a, a cream puff. And Christian Slater is all sharp edges. Yes, so I yeah. think they actually would be really interesting, interesting good together. chemistry together. Man, I, I love it. I think we've talked about this on the pod already, but we saw Jessica Lange when we were out at the theater once, and yes. before I recognized her, I was just like, this "Who is, is this the most angel?" It, like she, it was like a, like her hair looked like a cloud. Yeah. <laughs> It sure did. So beautiful. Uh, but yeah, there were a few characters we didn't mention, so I just want to briefly touch on them. We've already we mentioned his name. Stephen Tobolowski as Max, where I mainly know him from, you know, Groundhog's Day and mm-hmm. Memento. Uh, and he's kind of terrifying in this. He yes. just looks, he looks, it, he looks like it should be played by John Carroll Lynch. Um, thinking of Frances McDormand and Fargo, her husband in mm. Fargo. I mean, he's, John Carroll Lynch is in Zodiac and Drew right, Carey right, right. show because uh, he has that same like just he looks huge Stephen Tobolowsky in this he looks huge and he, he looks like very he, he looks like a, a bowling pin yes terrifyingly so yeah like a pencil pusher bowling pin I can't even describe why it's just it's, he isn't very unsettling in this and that's not he's, he's not playing one of the creepy people what, what's that one moment is it when they're talking to Brad Pitt or maybe Christopher McDonald where he just has like his eyes he had like grins and his eyes light up in some way that is very like oh god I don't like this guy one bit this guy this guy seems like he might be having some sociopathy just happening. a bit just a bit um but I always like see, seeing Stephen Tobolowsky show up and stuff he's yeah. so delightful and I've heard interviews with him and he Seems like a oh. lovely oh, man. So absolutely. I think he's just good at acting. Oh, I agree. I agree. It was just an interesting color to see For sure. from Stephen Tobolowsky. Uh, and Christopher McDonald as Daryl, who I we've talked so much about. So good. him in this. Apparently, speaking of Gina Davis hand- getting actors yeah. hired, he is Gina Davis's ex-boyfriend. And she personally recommended him for the part. When they had, I mean, I guess they don't really have any scenes together. I mean, this is true. I think they've got like one scene, but regardless, if you're going to recommend your ex-boyfriend, yeah. you clearly have, yeah, a good you know, relationship it's one them. thing to be like, oh, I'm okay working with him. We only have the yeah. one scene. Outside of that, I don't have to be around him. It's, that's you okay. You wouldn't recommend him if you Yeah, you do. would not recommend yeah. him. So, you know, be friends with your exes. <laughs> be on, get on good terms. Yes. Don't be an a-hole. And you, maybe your, uh, your ex-girlfriend will recommend you for a big role in a Oscar-nominated film, hey, Oscar-winning film. And he's so, I mean, 
he's so good. And every time I've seen him in something, granted, I've been seeing him in things in different decades. We watched Grease 2 earlier this summer, as we've discussed. And I was like, who? I recognize this guy. I recognize this guy. And you were like, oh, it's Shooter McGavin. From Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. And I was like, oh! Christopher McDonald is on Cameo. Listener, if you've not seen Cameo, Cameo is like where you can pay celebrities anywhere and pseudo celebrities anywhere from like 40 bucks to like 500 i forget who it was it's like charlie sheen is like 300 dollars to record a message for you uh no 500 was hasselhoff you're right 500 dollars for david hasselhoff is that in like 300 350 for, for, 350 for, for oh 350 for gary Busey. um and christopher, we spent christopher, too long on <laughs> i was fascinated <laughs> fascinated but christopher mcdonald is on it as shooter mcgavin like he knows yeah. he knows it's like i'm not gonna list myself as christopher mcdonald i'm listening i'm listing myself as shooter mcgavin so you can call and have him say whatever that he eats pieces of shit for breakfast yeah. well he's great in happy gilmore oh he's fantastic he's it's a great in greece too and he is great in this the whole look this mustache oh. and then like these awful tank tops oh they my gosh put him he's, in. he's got the striped and tank top shorts. and the plaid shorts and he is on the phone with her and not paying attention watching the game and then like just it's so outlandish that it should be like this is pushing it I know. well that's that, that, it, that great scene where louise is like Th- okay thelma call your husband call daryl to see if yeah he's in on to see if like the cops are on to oh, us so see just see if he, if he knows and she picks up the phone and it's like daryl it's me and he's like hey thelma and she immediately hangs up and <laughs> it's knows. like he knows it's like not for a second do i believe that you the, are excited this. to talk to talk to me you awful awful man it's such a it's such a good performance, and that it's the most outsized one in the film, but this it still true. feels perfectly it does feel, yeah. sized for this person. Because also, it's like he's driving that flashy car. Mm. He's like got a very strong opinion of himself. He's so particular that like first entrance that he has in their one scene like on screen together, where he's just like, no, Noma, uh, Noma. Everything he does like has a largesse to it and a self-importance to it, and it's so fun. I'm such a fan. Absolutely. And apparently after the, in that first scene, because it ends with him leaving to go to work and there's oh, all the right. workers and he like wipes out and then just yells at them all. And get, that was all ad-libbed. He accidentally <gasps> fell. He slipped and fell. So he just yelled at the workers to like clean that up. It's like, all right, and be out here by five. You know, no, no three. three. Be out here by three. As, as the workers are just like, mm-hmm, waving with saying nothing because that's not in the script. And but really Scott kept it in because it's so perfect. What a perfect that's that's tells like the you beauty of you film yes. is to have mistakes like that that you keep that in because you're like that is gold that is such such human human yes. behavior oh beautiful Be i love knowing that that beautiful was an accident i know apparently uh hal slocum harvey Keitel, was supposed to have a wife who would have one scene which would have been in early in her career katherine keener but the <gasps> role got cut oh i know that always stinks um, but Especially we also had like, a little Catherine Keener. Keener, and I'm like Catherine Keener as Thelma Ooh, and or Louise, also great. Oh, casting. she'd be great in either yeah. either role. Ooh, she's one of the ones where I feel like it's like she starts as a Thelma and then she ages into Louise. Absolutely. Well, if if we're doing circa being John Malkovich, yeah. like you have Cameron Diaz as Thelma and she's Louise. That's not a half That's bad a, parent. I don't think so. Now that I've said it, I stand yeah. by it. John Malkovich is how maybe. <laughs> John Malkovich wow. and John Malkovich is JD. Mm, yeah, I'm like, where do we put that guy? He's he's got the largesse to to play Daryl, but I mm. don't see John Malkovich no, as someone who's named Daryl. Daryl, 
Daryl Malkovich. Uh, anyway, final thoughts. Anything we haven't gotten to? The one with important thing Louise. we haven't talked about is that at one point in time, there's a lamp that is also a fish tank. How did I know that that's what you were about to <laughs> I was say? Just like, I feel like it's important. I almost to just blurted out fish tank lamp <laughs> as a joke, but nope. Nope. The fish tank lamp, I which we want. It. We want. It's, it's, yeah, Daryl has a pretty incredible lamp that the base is just a fish tank. It's pretty, pretty great. I was great. like, that's fantastic. Yeah. I needs must have. Oh, yeah. In the white trash version of uh, Romeo plus Juliet, they're looking at each other through, <laughs> through a fish tank lamp instead of that full-blown aquarium. Yes. <laughs> yes, where, when it takes place in, like, Oklahoma instead yeah. of uh, mm-hmm. Verona in Oklahoma where we lay our scene. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I'll, I'll end with this. This was um, the screenwriter, Callie Corey, her thoughts on the ending of Thelma and Louise. It always struck me as preposterous that people saw it as a suicide. I don't even think of them as dead. I just wasn't in any way prepared for people to say, God, they killed themselves? What kind of message is that? I want to say it's the message you came up with, not me. To me, the ending was symbolic, not literal. I mean, come on, read a book. We did everything possible to make sure you didn't see a literal death, that you didn't see the car land, you didn't see a big puff of smoke come up out of the canyon. You were left with the image of them flying. They flew away out of this world and into the mass unconscious. Women who are completely free from all the shackles that restrain them have no place in this world. The world is not big enough to support them. They will be brought down if they stay here. They weren't going to be brought down, so let them go. I love that ending, and I love the imagery. After all they went through, I didn't want anybody to be able to touch them. I'm crying. (laughs) That's so beautiful. This is why you should let women write their own screenplays. And then they win Oscars for it. I thought that was so great. And I'm like, yeah, that really puts into words for me of why that ending feels, feels so triumphant. triumphant and does not but feel also like, it's like yeah, yeah, it's they yeah. have no place in this world. And, you know, it's certainly not in the world that they've come from and established. Yeah. Uh, I love it. I love it. I'm so glad I finally saw this movie. I'm so glad that I rewatched it. It really oh. rocked. Listener, can't recommend it. If you haven't seen it, because I mean, it really is. I mean, I, I kind of feel this way about all films. It's not about what happens. It's kind of, it's, how, it's it happens. how it happens. So even if though we've spoiled the heck out of it for you, it's so worth watching. It's a really good film. It's really excellent. There's just so much to recommend yeah. in it. Oh. oh, that's beautiful. I love that. I feel complete. Amy Joe. Yes, Jeff. What are you recommending this week? Well, I'll tell you. Um, funnily enough, when I had thought of this film for many years, I think I had, I don't know what I thought it was. I didn't think it was like this story. Um, but a few years back, I read the book Desert of the Heart by Jane Rule, um, which is like a woman goes to wait for a divorce in Reno and then falls in love with this woman who uh lives and works in one of the casinos i think, that, I think there's there. a movie of this as well there is in the 80s yeah. i don't think it was terribly um successful i think it's i think it's very small desert I, hearts i think is what the movie is called yeah but it's desert yeah. of the heart is the book um and it's just like a beautiful lesbian story yeah. and it's I I really, really love it. But I, I think it's I had these images in my head of like Thelma and Louise being in the desert in the car. And it just for some reason, like I once I read that book, I think I conflated them in my mind a bit. Gotcha, so gotcha. I would really recommend this wonderful lesbian novel, Desert of the Heart Great. by Jane Rule. Jeff? Amy Joe. Uh, what do you recommend it this week? 
I, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, I got one real recommend, one dumb recommend. The dumb recommend is because I had somehow inadvertently, the like day before we watched Thelma and Louise, watched the Simpsons parody episode of Thelma and Louise, Marge on the Lamb, uh, which is I highly recommend, especially if you watch Thelma and Louise. I think it's very funny to then watch mm-hmm. the episode that spoofs it with uh, Pamela Reed of uh, Kindergarten Cop fame uh as like this other woman that friend of befriends marge and they go on the run together uh but and I, of course they that hair in a convertible is oh yes yeah, and she's got like the full the hair up in like the little handkerchief like susan sarana does uh i just thought that was very funny but t- my real recommend is uh the 2019 film queen and slim directed by melina matsukas uh just thinking of another film about two people that have to go on the run it stars daniel kaluuya who i'll love 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 uh and jody turner smith who i really only know from this but is incredible uh, as two people on a first date who get harassed by a cop and wind up having to shoot him in self-defense and go on the run and it becomes this like almost like epic it feels like an epic like odyssey of a film like it Mm. almost grows into myth of like all the the people that are hearing about like these two people on the lam the people that want to help them uh like within like the black community that are just like yeah we don't care of, of like because no one you know of all the, the cops are like oh we, clearly it's like you're just cop killers yeah as opposed there's to no like, mm, uh can we look at that from the other angle as to like which i mean with the things they get into and thelma and louise about like yeah no one would believe you, yeah th- everyone's gonna think that you were asking for it thelma because you were dancing with them you were drunk uh of this of like oh yeah no one's gonna believe that you had to shoot this cop in self-defense yeah, you're um, black and they're a cop exactly so it's these two people that don't and the difference which is kind of great is that opposed to Thelma and Louise who are best friends these two people don't know each other and don't really care for each other at the beginning mm. of the film because the date does not go well and there's over the course of this they slowly grow like towards each other in such a beautiful way it really it's two incredible performances from them uh, and it kind of like went under the radar but I, I highly highly recommend watching uh, Queen and Slim and that's what we're recommending this week do you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of email us at andalmoststarring at gmail.com and let us know you can follow us on instagram at and almost starring on facebook at the same <laughs> until next time i'm jeff ronan i'm amy joe jackson and thanks for joining us to see who almost starred. Mm-hmm.